And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, here we are with another edition of the Weighing In Podcast, the greatest MMA podcast there is. You can catch us on YouTube, obviously, Apple, Spotify, all those other things. Check us out. You will enjoy because we have Josh the Punk Thompson and myself, John McCarthy, here to talk about the ever-changing and fascinating world of mixed martial arts as it stands. And we have had a couple of great shows that we get to talk about. We also have t-shirts for the Weighing In Podcast if you want to represent what you are listening to. We have ProWrestlingTees.com. They carry our shirts. You can go and punch in Weighing In a beautiful picture of Josh Thompson and the ugly guy will come up. Hit that picture. It will take you to a shirt. Give you our old logo style, our new logo style, even a couple that kind of go back to the old home improvement show. And when you're talking about shirts, man, look at, I got one right here. I have, this is hot. I got to get this off. Man. Oh, oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Let, let, me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me show you that. Oh, that's a good looking shirt right there, baby. This that's guy. a good looking shirt. What an animal. Yeah. That's me at the dentist last week. It was horrible. What a jerk. You sent that picture. I said, that was a fucking mistake. Oh. I want to remind you that I do have a picture of you in the Hooters shirts, shorts, but the white ones from Eye of the Tiger back in the day. I'm going to oh, get that picture and it's going to go up. Big dude, John on the beach for those who did. Yeah, but see, you you wear that, man. People will go, oh, that dude, he's looking for some buns, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Great I figured shirt. you'd like that one, man. You said that, I said, I got to do it. That's this, awesome. Come on, man. John's got man. way too much time on his hands. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I was, uh, you had to travel. Well, you traveled to Nashville, which is what? You said about two and a half hours, three hours? Yeah. And did you covered the uh, Euro show this last weekend? Uh, let's. Uh, I, I guess. Show. I guess. Let's talk about it. Let's. Uh, let's talk. I mean, I have a little bit of criticism, but I've got a lot of like uh, some some claps for them and stuff. I, I thought some of the guys performed very well, and um, <clears throat> I thought overall. I mean, I, I. I guess to be real, let's. I guess we can start off. Let's talk Tim Johnson and Chuck Conga. What do you think? I. You know, I thought uh, Tim Johnson fought the exact fight that he needed to fight, really. Yeah. I thought in the first round when he took him down, he landed some big shots, and you got to give it to check that moment where, you know, you're getting hit, and he's getting blasted by a yeah. strong guy. And on the ground, Tim Johnson's got heavy hands, and you could see he gave everything he could to get himself back to his feet. Yeah. I really I, I appreciate that, that specific moment because you know – it is everything he has to get himself back there, and he does it, and he gets back in the fight. Second round, he had won. He won the round, landed some good shots against him, and in the third round, I thought Tim did exactly. You know, he, Tim calmed himself down. Yeah. And if you go back and you watch the first fight, he overextended so much, he was pressing so hard, and when he would get hit, he would take a step back, he would reset, adjust, and come back into the fight like a smart fighter does. And that was the real difference in the fight. That's what he ended up, you know, being able to do that got him out of bad situations when Czech would put him in him. And then by using his wrestling, putting him against the cage, 
all the knees to the thighs, the dirty boxing inside. It just, you know, the volume of it measured up to more than what Czech was able to do with big knees to the, uh, the body. But, you know, I thought the, I thought the, the outcome of who won it was right. I didn't, I didn't agree with the split decision, but it was a close fight and it was a good fight. Yeah. I- I guess, look, we haven't made it in a podcast world or anybody has made it in a podcast world until fighters start to hate you. And apparently Czech's a little mad at me for the stuff that I said and you too as well. So the two of us for for some of the things we said in one of our past um, uh, comments about one of his fights. Look, to me, the argument has always been with Czech Congo, pull the trigger, man. In the second round, he pulled the trigger and he was landing some great shots. Like yeah. that's all he has to do. He sometimes plays it safe. He tries to get that the like the knock that Benson had for a while. Was that he's just doing enough just to win the round or potentially but it's work leave it. for him? Yeah, but that's it's the issue. Work for him. You it can't, you can't get mad when other people are calling you out on it though. You. you can't get mad when other no. people are calling you out on it. And here's the other thing: when the decision doesn't go your way, you can't be mad at the fact that, like you could have done more. I've had fights before in the past where I could have done more and i kick myself in the ass later on so i don't blame anybody else but myself and I, he's in that same situ- scenario and situation where he's in the second round he pulled the trigger and he had success the whole round i thought he had a dominant second round it wasn't I, I don't think it was close that second round was close i don't think the first round was close it came down to the third and it was a close round but tim did like you said he did more to win the round i mean it, like for me in the yeah. third round both of them just looked a little bit tired but I felt like Czech had a little bit more bounce in his step than Tim did. He just didn't pull the trigger. He was like waiting for the one shot to kind of throw Tim off or to show him that he wasn't that he wasn't as tired as he seemed. He just never landed that shot. And by then, Tim got in on the against the fence and was able to do some work there. And it just you just gotta let your hands go. If Czech lets if forty five years old, I felt I felt a little like man. I would like to see you just pull the trigger. And win and win in France. Like this is what you're here for, and he just couldn't get it done. At the end of it, I was like, man, he's gonna go home tonight and think to himself, shit, I could have done a little bit more. He could have. Yeah. I felt like he could have. Well, I, I think I even said it during the commentary. You know, you've got to empty the gas tank here. Yeah. You got to put it all out. You got to go because you don't want to be in that position like now. Check is in where he had he had gas left in the tank. You could tell he could yeah. still go, and he was tired, but he was he still had gas. And it was that close that he lost, you know, a split decision. And so you could definitely see the emotion because if you go back and you watch any Czech Congo walkout from the days as he just came into the UFC, even his first fight all the way through his career there, all the way through, you know, the 15 fights he's had in Bellator, he has no emotion. He walks out, you know, he does his little thing, beats his chest and puts his hand up, you know, and you could tell he's, he knows you know what he's into and he, he's got his mind right and you could see when he was doing the big and he's blowing the the pressure of being in the first show in his country before his countrymen it was he was feeling it he was he was bearing that weight and i think it had something to do with that first round a little bit of you know making him a little tight but you know he, he's been so successful with being able to control the fight control exactly the the pace the location for the most part that that style has gotten him so far it's hard for him to get away from that style too yeah that's true benson had the same type of scenario and situation he's been trying yeah. harder to to push it um it, you know i just at 45 years old it's, it's gonna be hard to take him out of what he's been doing for so long 
It is. Know? And it's like he's had success and he's had he's he, sometimes he hasn't had success, but majority of the time he's had success with doing what he's doing. It's going to be hard to change that type of game plan. The bottom line is, I think for me, is that it's I wanted I wanted to see him win, especially in France. I wanted to see him get the win, you know, for himself, and I wanted to see him let, like you said, let it all out in the third round because yeah. there is no going back, you know. And I, I, as soon as this, I was watching this happen, in my mind, I'm thinking of like you know a couple of the fights that myself had went through, and I kicked myself in the ass. One of them I was able to win. The other one I was I lost, and it just put me in a really shitty position. You know, um, at the time in my career, I was like, man, this is not where I should be. And it just it, it was it, because I knew I had more in the gas tank at the very end. I didn't pull it and let it all out. It just it really bothered me moving forward, you know, after that. And yeah. I feel like sure. this is one of those things that's going to bother check for a long time. Yeah, you know, because <clears throat> I think it meant a lot to him. But you got to give it to Tim Johnson yep. coming off of, you know, he's had this nice little run now. This is that's three wins in a row. Because yeah. when he came into Bellator, you know, he got starched overextending. It was, you know, 68 seconds, I believe, against Czech Congo. And then same thing happened when he took a last second replacement, you know, because he was supposed to fight Javi Ayala and he ended up going, I, I think it was Javi Ayala, but he ends up being put last minute after weighing in for his fight, gets switched over to Vitaly Minikov. And that was a completely different style fight. Yeah. And then you know, had a problem there. So he, you know, he was in a difficult time for himself and he's gotten himself back. He's fighting smart. You can tell how he is thinking during the fight and doing things that are going to help make him successful. So, you know, coming, no matter what, you know, that when a guy beats you and, and knocks you out, and that's what Congo did, you can sit there and say all the things that you want, but it's in the back of your head. It's like, this guy knocked me out before he won before I, and I, I don't, I don't want to make a mistake. And it's hard to get through that. And I thought Tim Johnson did a really good job of just working through it and fighting his fight to make, you know, things work out his way. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so how, what did you think of Saul Rogers' performance? I thought Saul performed beautifully. Mm -hmm. Exactly like he was supposed to. Exactly like he should have tried to do yep. in the Daniel Weichel fight. And I talked to him about that fight, you know, and he, I said, why? Tell me why. When he stopped you on your first takedown, you decided you're going to be just a stand-up guy because every fight I had ever done with Sal, this guy physically for a, for a featherweight is as physically strong as any featherweight yeah. you're going to find. He is incredibly strong. And, you know, and he fought like, you know, Ryan Hall. And when he fought Ryan Hall and everyone, you know, is just, you know, balls to the walls, fucking crazy about Ryan and his submission game because he's submitting guys. He's even teaching during the Ultimate Fighter, th you know, thing to his, you know, castmates and the coaches, and you know, he gets matched up with Sal Rogers, and everyone's going, "Well, Sal Rogers is a ground and pounder. He can't, he can't take Ryan down and do that." And he took him down and just yeah. pounded him, you know, and that shows it. You know, that's his game. That's where he lives, and that's if you know that's where you live, then that's where you want to go. And going against Arby. He's going against a guy that's better in the stand-up. Arby's got really good boxing. Yeah. I watched too many of his fights. His boxing was clean. It's crisp. He's got power. And as soon as Sal was able to change levels, come in on him, close that space, gets the takedown, and just did a beautiful job of moving himself to better positions, going, looking for, I think it was the Darts or Anaconda that he was trying at one point. Mm -hmm. 
and realized eh, it's starting to slip out. And you know, when all of a sudden you feel it, it's like, I, I can't get that leg to pull. And so now I'm, I'm losing this a little bit. He comes up off of it, goes to the back, goes palm to palm, and then switches it. And the way he switched to that locked rear naked choke, the yeah. way he brought his hand, brought his chin down over the top of it. So there's no way that Arby's going to be able to pull that arm away. Just a fantastic performance. A plus. Those are the type of submissions that I hit on podcast Dave all the time. Just when he's walking by, just snatch him up. <laughs> boom. Snatch that little, that little twiggy neck right up, baby. Just whap. Boom. Put it on him. Anyways, uh, Saul. Saul did a I thought he did a phenomenal job. He pulled the he pulled his he pulled the trigger on his hands. He got in on the takedown. He did a lot of good things. What I liked the most, though, was him. His hip pressure, his control from the top position, forcing your opponent into the positions that you potentially want them to go. Because you know where your bread and butter is, getting to their back, getting to getting to three-quarter mount, turning and taking the back from that position. He did a lot of good things. He went, like you said, he went for the, the anaconda, couldn't get it, stepped back over and got to the back, and right from there, he was able to get in. He didn't, I think with him, I see a little bit of that, and and no, I'm, I guess I'm not, I'm not trying to compare them to Khabib, but he has like when he gets that physical strength, like you said, palm to palm, gets around the neck. He is physically really, really strong. Yep. And he just when he latched around the 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 jawline and then into the neck, I was like, "There's just no way this is getting out." There's just he's just too strong. And we've seen I've seen some of his past fights where guys were as the fight went on later on. I think had the fight been in like the at the end of the third or something, it probably would have been different. But the fact is, is that he just wasn't able to. The, the sweat wasn't there the you know the fatigue in the muscles wasn't there yet like all those things played a factor once he lashed on around that neck it was on tight and it was there was nowhere that Arby was going yeah so. i mean it, 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 and you look there's so many factors that and we talk about you know confidence and your mindset and everything with fighters you know this is a guy who he he the season that when it was uriah faber and conor mcgregor were coaching on the ultimate fighter mm -hmm. He won four straight fights in that. Now, that's yeah. not on his record because those are called exhibition fights, even though they're a goddamn fight. It's, you know, he couldn't get a visa to get back in the country to fight in the finals for his ultimate fighter spot. And he got released because of it. And you look and you go, man, he is a good fighter. He's a great, he was a great pickup for Bellator. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's going to, as long as his confidence is there, he's he can give problems to anybody he's got that ability but he's got to always realize man just because something doesn't work for you the first time don't worry about it if it doesn't work for you the fifth time don't worry about it just keep going after what yeah. makes you successful don't fall into the 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 mistake of fighting the other man's fight now you know, and i think he's learned that lesson yeah i called one of his fights i believe it was in newcastle he fought aiden lee Yep, And I was like, man, the, both of these guys are like top level, you know, MMA guys. And fact, he's, he's elusive. He's yeah, he, fast. Elusive, long. He's quick. He's got he's got great, good takedown defense. I mean, Saul had a hard time getting him down a couple times. And when he couldn't get him down, he was stuck standing with him. And at some of those times, he took some clean, hard shots from Aiden Lee. Aiden Lee's a whole other specimen right now. I think his confidence is growing now with his two big wins that he just had. And uh, I want to see them. I don't want to see those two guys fight again, but I would want to see the two of them start to branch off into those upper, I always say echelon of guys like, you know, the, 
the upper group, the guys that are all in the tournament right now. I mean, like, so yeah. when Saul came out, he's like, you know what? I want to get back in that tournament. If someone drops off, I love put, that. Put me back in. That's someone with a with a goal and a plan. I think Aiden, he doesn't know. I don't know if he understands how good he is and where he stands. I think in this in this division, he's right up there with Saul Rogers, if not. You know, um, I can't say he's above him because he's just lost him two fights ago. But the no. two of them are right there. But stylistically, though, Aiden, I think, would give a hard time to all of those guys that in that in that tournament. All of them, I think. You, I mean, I can't think of a guy in there that w- that would just walk right through Aiden Lee. And there's not a guy I think in there that would walk right through Saul Rogers either. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Vaisal, he fought a very safe, a very smart game plan. Smart. Very smart. Um, but he even said, and I remember I remember talking about this before they had fought. Daniel Weichel is probably one of the most technical guys, I think, in all of Bellator. The thing with him is he makes guys fight his style. And you just talked about that earlier. It's exactly what happened in that fight. So yeah. I think hopefully he's learned his lesson from that fight, which it sounds like he has a little bit. And just stick with his game plan. He sticks with what he does best. And if he continues to do that, man, I think he's going to be he's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, when you talk about Vaisal, you're talking about a, a 50 fight veteran. That that experience and the guys that he has faced, you know, Sal Rogers at the time, you know, you not even half the amount of fights. Yeah, and that's what happens when you get into pressure. That experience, that veteran mentality, it can help you overcome that athleticism and everything else with another fighter. And that's what happened that night. But I think Sal Rogers is back. Yeah, I think he is as well. Um, Eves Landu versus Terry Brazier. Probably Ooh, the, the, best, the best knockout I think that Bellator had this weekend. Oh, phenomenal. That was, it, in watching Eves Landu, I, you know, I'd been watching him and, I, and I'm watching this guy fight, you know, time and time again as I'm watching all the tape on him. I'm going, man, this kid is super athletic, super fast. He's a, He's a little bit, you know, he's got some technical problems that, you know, he'll raise his chin. You know, in the stand-up when he when he exits and stuff, he does a couple of things. You go, oh, you need to fix that. But the one thing that he would take huge risk to try to get the big reward, he would go after these crazy techniques, and sometimes it worked for him, and sometimes it put him in really bad spots. And so I had said it in the broadcast, hey, this guy, look, he will take crazy chances, and he went and did it again. That switch knee was beautiful. It it just starched Brazier. Right on the button, right at the right time. I mean, oh. everything. I I thought he was like. I agree with you. He was doing some crazy stuff in the process of doing all that. But yeah. I really, it really just keeps your opponent guessing. He had the speed and athleticism to get himself out of some tight positions as well. Terry got in a couple body locks, couldn't get him down. He was able to pumble inside. I thought he had a great. I did. I thought he did a great job of keeping his movement, making Terry guess. Terry's a very straight up and down fighter. We yeah, have very, someone who's just very, very square, very square, very orthodox. So everything he does is the jab. It's the punch. It's the right to the takedown. There's not really anything crazy that comes out of him. So there's not really much to expect outside of just punch, punch, shot, punch, punch, takedown, punch, punch, kick, whatever it is. Whereas Landu is just someone who's all over the place. You know, he's all over the place. Yeah. Spinning kicks, side kicks, thigh kicks. I mean, throwing all spinning back. Uh, he'll do everything. He's, he's like that kid paint thing where you spin it and it just splurt, spreads everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's he's Landu, man. He's crazy with his techniques, but he's fun to watch. Yeah. And I mean, let's not let's not forget about his uh, his post fight dance. Let's oh. not forget about that. I mean, that was it was 
It was everywhere after that. Did you see him bouncing on his elbow? Yeah, he went from over, his forearm up to his hand, back down to his elbow. He popped back up on, man, that's, man I'd like to see Fat Dave do it here. I mean, podcast Dave, let's see him do it. Let's go, baby. I'm going to just, we should film this right here. Let's get this turn the camera that way. Um, Yeah, that was, that was crazy. I always get nervous when fighters get up on the cage and do a backflip off of it thinking they're going to tear their knee like dude he didn't just do a backflip he elevated up and did. yeah and i was like yeah. he's way up there no he's up there i get nervous with that and oh I'm yeah like, i'm like yeah the celebration could cost you after I, a big win could cost I, you what was the one guy that did that that tore his shoulder johnny walker right johnny walker did tore some, his shoulder and then someone else uh hurt their knee doing the backflip jeez landing and stuff so it can happen it's like don't take the chance. Just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> You're on a roll. You just had a great knockout. Don't get yeah. hurt and then be out for, you know, that's, eight months. You, that's a huge win for, you know, Eves. You, Terry Brazier at one time, man, he was hot. He was a double champion in Cage Warriors. Or was it Bama? I'm trying to remember which one now. It might have been Bama. But, you know, he was, I think, the lightweight and welterweight champion. Oh, wow. At one time. So. See here. Yeah, Th things have not been going well. I think it was it's Bama. Bama, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, I mean, I, I, where does he go? Where does he go from here? Do we did, right here? Yeah, does Bellator keep him? I mean, let's. I'm gonna go back to what well, happened before. He fought Soren Bach and he lost to Soren Bach, and he had some he had some really negative things to say afterwards. Grabbed the mic from me while I was doing the in cage interview. I like the guy. He's a, he's an extremely nice guy. But he yeah. just he's filled with the emotion. And after the fight, I understand he, he also had a I was watching him after this fight. And I know he didn't understand where he was and what had happened, which most yeah. people don't after a knockout like that. But I mean, like what, what happened when you have that when, when you have that type of stuff go on after after losses, it's just a bad look on just you and your brand as well. It is. And but the situation that occurred after this knockout, I don't blame him at all. What needs to be done is his handlers, his trainers need to be allowed to come in. The, who does he recognize? Yeah. He recognizes his guys, the guys that he trusts. And they need to be able to be pulled into that cage to say, hey, bud, you got knocked out. He could, it's a moment of his life that he did not live. Yeah. He wasn't there for it. And so the only way he's going to know what happened is for someone he trusts to tell him, or for him to see it up on the big screen. And at that time, he wasn't seeing it, and they're telling him, hey, the fight's over, sit down. He's going, I'm fine, what are you talking Because he feels fine at that time. He doesn't realize he was completely out. So I don't I don't take that and put that against him at all. I've, you know, That's one of those situations I look at. Commissions and regulatory bodies need to be smarter sometimes with the ability to sometimes grab that corner person, bring them in, because that's the voice and the person that that fighter is going to quickly recognize and believe. So God. I don't put that on Terry at all. Yeah. I understand that. It's kind of weird that they wouldn't let him come in. Yeah. Yeah. Is that only in the UK or would they do that here in the States? No, they'll do that in the States too. You know, Noad Lahat, who's the guy that you yeah. worked out with a lot. And I cannot remember who he had fought. It was in the USC. He got knocked out dramatically. I mean, he, he was out. Yeah, yeah. For Flying a knee. while. Flying knee. I can't yeah. remember who it was. And he, I mean, he was seriously out. And, you know, the whole thing was, you know, they're trying to tell him, the doctors are trying to hold him down. Hmm. And he's saying, I'm fine. Let me get up. And I think it was uh, Diego. Diego Rivas. 
Okay, yeah. Diego Ribas. And in that, the doctors are trying to hold him down. This guy's a fighter. He's, he, and now they're they're struggling to hold him down. I'm like, oh, you guys are not handling yeah. that well. Bring in his corner person. Let them freaking tell him. And he will calm down. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's just something that needs, it needs to be looked at because it's a technique. It's yeah. like a mechanic for a referee or anything. It's a technique that it only benefits the entire situation. It benefits the fighter. That guy's not going to do anything bad. It's going to allow the doctors to take their time with the fighter because the fighter's going to calm down. It's just going to help you. Yeah, just let one in. You don't need to let the whole crew in. Just yeah, the, exactly. The just one. In, yeah. That's it. Just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, who is next? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Dominic. Uh, Diada and uh, Dominic winning. Dude, I love Babakari Diada. That dude, first off, he's got the greatest smile in the world. It's the, <laughs> one of the biggest smiles in the world. It's awesome. He reminds me of I you know I was watching all these you know fights of his. He reminds me of Matt Hughes, in the fact that he loves to pick people up and slam them. Yeah, and he does it in every fight. Same as what Matt Hughes would do. There was not a fight that I could watch that he did not pick his opponent up, elevate him, and slam him into the canvas. And sometimes multiple times he even. He ended the fight with the fighter on his shoulder, ready to yeah. do it again, which I love. But man, you know what? He he will stand and bang with you. He is not afraid of the stand up. He will exchange shots. He is physically, you can tell physically, he is strong. He's in great shape. He's got a great gas tank. He had a people don't realize how good Dominic Wooding is. No, he's Dom great. Is he's really freaking good. good. And he just physically overcame that technicality of Dom and physically pushed Dom to the point of exhaustion. Yeah. And that changed the fight. When, when Dom, you know, got to the point, his heart rate got too high and he started falling off the cliff more. Diada just kept that pressure on. And that was the difference in the fight. It was very impressive. What I'm seeing from a lot of the UK fighters, because another one I'll get into is Ryan scope later is that they, I think for a while they've got used to fighting in the UK on the smaller shows, whether it was Bama or cage warriors or whatever it is, they got used yeah. to fighting in those smaller shows, getting by with their athleticism. And then now that they're in Bellator, they're having a hard time, you know, and I'm sure it's the same thing for the guys from the UK that end up in the UFC as well. They have, they start having, sure. they don't realize that they need to take it to that next level. And with Dominic, there's an elevation Woody, change, there's an elevation change of, of talent. There's an elevation change of the way you have to be in shape and conditioned for your body. You need to take everything very serious. This sport now has evolved to that next level of like when, even when I was fighting, it's now two or three levels above even when I was fighting. And it's yeah. only been, it's only been like four or five years, five, six years now since that level is, it continues to change. Every year it gets a little bit better. Every year it's get look, and we're gonna get into the Buckley knockout you know, later. And that's something that we would never have seen, you know, four or five years ago. It's oh, one of those, you're like, holy shit. On. So when we get into I'm these still going holy shit on that one. When we get into these conversations with Dominic Wooden, he's got all the ability, he's got all the talent, he's so good. But nice. when he when it came down to him pulling the trigger in the second and the third round, he had no more gas tank. You've got to do something about your um, your stamina in this sport, especially now when the, the level is getting higher. Every fight, the level is getting higher. And whether you're progressing or not, the people that are you're fighting are progressing. They're getting better. So they're gonna. you need to always be upping your game, making little tiny tweaks and changes to fit your body. And as you get older, both of them are very young. Dominic Wood and Diaz, they're both 23 yeah. and 24. So they have a long career ahead of them. They haven't even hit their prime yet. 
But I'm saying is that for people that are in there 28, 29, 30, 31, somewhere in that range and continuous, every year you get a year older and you need to make a tweak to what your body is able to do. And so when you hit those levels, you need to sit down with your coaches every camp and something needs to change just a tiny bit. Not, not too much. If you're having success, you're obviously not going to change as much. But as soon as you lose a fight or lose one or two in a row, you, there obviously something needs to change. Something needs to, to come. And he's lost two now. So Dominic Woody has lost, I think, two in a row now. Correct? I think he lost to Miambo. Uh, yeah, he, he lost yeah. to Franz. Franz, yep. So Malambo. I mean, yep, Malambo. So I mean, but Franz is real. He's good as well. But that's another guy that you know he's good. puts on He puts on good shows. But they just they they are they got used to fighting. I think in the small shows and being the big man on campus. And now that they're mixing up with other people that are that are like, hey, I'm happy to be here in Bellator. It's a big show. We're doing you know. So they're people are now are stepping up their game. The UK guys need to follow suit and just start stepping up theirs as well. So this is going to be, I, I'm interested to see because he's so young and he's so, he's so young, he's talented, but um, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for me to say whether these guys are going to start making evolutions or we're going to have to start letting young talent like this go. And that would suck. Well, you definitely don't have to let Deanna go because no. he's fun <laughs> to watch and he's going to be around for a long time. But you know, I always used to tell fighters simple things. There are things that you can control, Josh, and you know this. You can control your conditioning. Yeah. All right. Now, there's times when you have control, you've done the right things, and then you put your body through a certain weight cut, and it will take some of that conditioning away. But you can control your conditioning. You can make it to where I don't worry about getting tired in a fight. Get, worrying about being tired in a fight, that's a huge worry, and a lot of guys do it all the time, mm -hmm. especially guys. You'll see them when they come in last minute, short notice fights, and you're going to see them go really hard in the first round because they're, they know I don't have a whole lot of gas. So I got to try to get rid of this guy. And so they're going really hard trying to get rid of their opponent. That's their way of figuring out I can win this way, but you can always control your conditioning. You have that. You're the guy that holds that key. You either do the right things or you don't. The second thing that I tell guys is you have always got to be learning. Yeah. If you are not learning, you are falling behind. You're not just standing still. It's not like you've just you've reached this area and we're not going to, you know, improve anymore. You're actually slipping the opposite way and going backwards because your opponent is going to be learning and he puts one more tool into the basket that he can use at a certain time that you have not prepared for because you didn't take the time to learn that type of technique or the ability to defend that technique, it's going to be the difference somewhere in your career in you winning a fight or losing a fight. Well, and so you've always got to be learning. So I had, I've had this conversation with uh, my coach, with Javier Mendez, multiple times. And if there's, if it comes down to you sparring that day or you doing your cardio, go do your cardio. If it comes down to you hitting uh, mitts or you doing your cardio, go do your cardio. Because here's the other thing is that when you were talking about, hey, like you have to always be improving. It's also easier for you to pr improve when your brain is functioning at a max level, which means when you're in better shape and your brain can process what's going on. Right. So if I'm in better shape, I can, I'm more coherent on what's going on. He sell, he yells one, you know, one, two, three jab, kick, whatever it is. I process it really fast while I'm training. If I'm exhausted and he's yelling that, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. My body ain't doing that. That's exactly <laughs> what goes through fighters' mind. Like, he's like, get the takedown. I can't. I'm too tired. 
I'm tired. If you're in shape, the effort is there. So whenever, whenever you're in doubt, whether you need to know if you need to hit mitts, go do, if you need to hit mitts or if you need to hit the bag, no, 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 go do your cardio, go do your sprint cardio and do it shorter duration. If your body's already exhausted, do like a 22 or 20, you know, or 25 minute long, um, sprint cardio, whether it's minute sprints, 30 second rest. I mean, I can give you a whole format on how oh, yeah. it all break down, but those do a 15 minute. That's yes. fine. Do it for what a fight is. Yep. Open but up your lungs, open up your lungs and then take the rest of the day <laughs> off and come back. And I bet you're going to feel better the next day. You just, I think younger talent, like I've, I've trained people before and they were like, Oh no, I got to hit mitts later. I'm like, I can't go run yet. No, yeah. your, your mitts aren't, don't mean shit, man. Well, see, they like mitts because mitts sound good and it's kind oh, of fun. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can look kind of cool doing it. So there's a lot of things about hitting mitts that, well, that's fun. Cardio is not fun. It's, yeah. it's a pain, but, man, it pays dividends in a fight. Yeah, I always, look, mitts is, I think mitts, sure, it sounds fun. It's cool, all those things. Like you hear the crack, 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 you know, and you yep. feel great about it. But at the end, I don't say to myself at the end, go, damn, I'm glad I did that. I don't say that to myself as much as I yeah, do. Yeah, but when you I get, did go. Damn, I'm good. Yeah, of course. Of course I did. <laughs> Damn, that sounded Hello. good. Hello. Uh, you know, just, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I always did. But when it came down to when it came down to doing my sprints or doing my 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 long distance runs, I got done and I was like, fuck, I'm so glad I got that done. You know what I mean? Like, I was glad that it was that I was glad that I did it. I was like, okay, look, I pushed my hardest, I did everything I could. Those are things that fighters need to learn to appreciate that like What's going to benefit you more in the long run is the conditioning because you will also learn things at a more rapid pace when you're hitting mitts with your coaches if you're in better shape. So that's why my first couple of weeks of training, say two or three weeks, it was mainly all running, one training a day, and then all running, all conditioning, all running, all sprints, all swimming, whatever it was. That second training session was always the hardest of conditioning. So I would run early in the morning on a, on a fasted stomach, you know, like so I could, you know, get my weight down a little bit and keep it in control. Check that because once I started losing a little bit of that baby fat, you know, that out of that out of season fat, I actually was I was faster on the mitts. I learned a little bit faster as well. Everything kind of came together. So I'd run early in the morning, train at noon fighter training. And in the evening, I would do more like sprints or cardio or something like that. But the run in the morning was like only a mile, mile and a half to get the way, you know, get the body moving, get it, get it, uh, feeling like it was alive, you know, uh, cause those first couple of weeks of training is fucking brutal on your body. Oh, you just, I think, oh. I think, you know, fighters, they, they need to, they need to take, they need to like meet with whether they're nutritionist or, uh, strength conditioning coaches and say, Hey, the first couple of weeks, I just want to train once a day and then do, do my strength conditioning or my fitness. And then as you get in better shape and then start moving into, okay, and we'll train twice hard and then do my condition after so almost three times a day i mean that i guess is different for everybody but i feel like dominic would needs to make that change because he has all the ability i thought he had a dom i thought he had not a dominant first round but he had a good first round you know and uh i but as the, as the fight went on and he wasn't able to get things off he wasn't pulling the trigger because he was getting tired excuse me yep um i agree, I agree with you Okay, so I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how, but for some reason, I missed the Oliver Encamp fight and uh, Dawa fight. Wasn't that long? <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of Oliver Encamp. He's young. He's uh he's got a real kind of like karate taekwondo style stand up. Uh, he's got good jiu-jitsu. He's got really he's good. Fun to watch. He's fun to watch. Like he does yeah. crazy stuff, but he goes out there and he fights. Like he, he reminds me of a Stephen Thompson with a submission game. Very true. Yes. 
Yep. That's that's Oliver Enkamp. He's yep. fun to watch. He he does he comes from a traditional karate background. He's got that same, you know, movement style, sideways stance a lot, but he'll change it up. He mm-hmm. doesn't just stick with one thing. He switches his stance, he switches his style and the way that he's going to approach something the entire time. So he's a very difficult guy to read in, in exactly what he's going to be doing. And then he's, his wrestling has gotten good. His ground mm-hmm. game is outstanding. You know, the, the, his opponent was a guy named Emmanuel Dawa, who I watched, very good athlete, fast, strong. And you just saw the difference in the technical skill level of what Oliver Enkamp was able to do against someone like Dawa, who Enkamp just started, you know, systematically just taking him apart, moving a better position, a better position, crushing the legs here, making the hips stick to the ground, all these little things. And then when he went for the submission, you know, he they called it a darts. It's like, Jesus Christ. It was a Japanese necktie. It was done beautifully. You could see the crank. And, and you know, I hate Japanese neckties because mm-hmm. they don't, they do choke you, but it's about a 50% choke and it's a 50% or neck 75%. So I'm going 125% here. <laughs> it's a neck crank. Cause I know it screwed my neck up. They are, they are devastating when they're put on right. Yeah. You know, your body is, is actually working against you and crushing your neck and your head over along with you know, your opponent and that squeeze and what they're doing. But, he put on a beautiful Japanese necktie. As soon as he, he started to approach it, I said, he's going for a Japanese necktie. And I was like, man, he did it beautifully. You know really what, look good. You know what I get concerned about with him, right, is that he has, he has a little bit of that Michael Chandler in him where he doesn't understand his gas tank. Like he thinks it's just going to keep going and going and going. And he's gotten a little tired occasionally, like in the second and third round where things start coming yeah. out a little sloppier. He's a long, lanky kid. So he's got that, like when you're having, I guess for me, when you're having a strike with long punches, long kicks, it makes you a lot more tired uh, as the fight goes on because you're trying to stay along with it. And he and he's a kid that just keeps going. He keeps pressing the pace. Keeps pressing the pace. Yeah. And well, it works yeah. for him. How many how many yeah. fights has he had that have ended in the first round? Yeah, he's had a lot. I mean, a majority. But you look at the two losses are in the second and the third round. What does that tell you? <laughs> so he's got a lot of other ones that, have, have that, he, there. that he won in the in, in the second and third round as well. But, I mean, I'm just simply saying I, follow, I, I watched him fight Lewis Long, but he had put so much energy out in the first three and a half minutes. He started getting a little sloppy at the end of that first round. And it was a, it was a good back and forth fight, but he was, he was dominating that fight when he had fought him. But then it was one of those – he hit him with the spinning back fist or spinning back elbow, I should say. It was like the forearm. But um, but you could tell that this, his technique was getting a little sloppier as he was going. So he needs to start reeling it in and realizing that you need to pick and choose the moments when you want to rest. Okay? You don't always have to just keep going straight forward, straight forward. Because if that person's still standing at the end of it and they got a little bit more conditioning than you, ooh, it could be a nasty one. I'll tell you what. He's going to be fun to watch, though, he in is. the uh, welterweight division in Bellator. He's a guy that he can fight with anybody. He really can. You know, you can you can pick, you know, who you want to put him against, but he can fight with anybody at this point. You know, I, I don't I don't think he's good enough to beat Douglas Lima. Obviously, that's not going to be it. But you know, you could put him against a lot of guys in that welterweight division, and he would be a, a good hard matchup. Or he's he's going to be the favorite in that fight. Honestly, I would like to see him an MVP. <laughs> Uh, I want to see him an MVP. I think length, the reach. I know he's not as fast as MVP. 
Um, but I think I think also too that I think it's the styles would be fun. He's gonna come forward. He does. He's not someone that doesn't come forward and camp. So he's gonna come forward, and if he gets him down, there's a good chance he could finish him. And he's got the wise. submission game. I'm not saying MVP that he has the ability to stop. You know, submissions. He's got his own little tricks he, that he likes to use as well on the ground. Um, he's dominant when he gets on top. MVP is, but I think Encamp and him would make for a fun fight because Encamp's going to come forward with his his reach and his range. He's he's got some wild stuff, some crazy stuff. I think it would make for a fun fight. I mean, I'm not saying he's quite ready for that situation, but he's 10 and two. He's 29 years old. I mean, he's six foot. Stylistically, I think it'd be a fun fight. It may not go his way, but it'll still be fun. It'll <laughs> it's be a fun still fight. Be fun. Yeah, right, so, well, let's get right into MVP because he had his fight against Ross Houston. Yeah. And uh, he talked about, and you could see, just saying, he talked about the, the canvas being slippery. Yeah. And most of the time, you know, and I, we don't know what they did, you know, there in Europe or so. Most of the time, they actually put an adhesive yeah on that canvas which makes it tacky and gives you really good footing and he said man it was slippery i was sliding all and you could see him wiping his feet continuously yeah. even in the corner between rounds he was like rubbing his feet so obviously he was feeling that but there's a couple of things that if you look you know, you watch his fight with ross houston ross houston is a good fighter he's a good solid fighter yeah this guy is strong you know, every fight that I watch him in, he usually dominated the fights, but he's a good wrestler, actually. You know, a lot of guys coming out of the UK have to work on their wrestling a lot. It's something that they need to bring up. But he actually had good wrestling in, in his fights. MVP has got, he's he's understands the grappling game. Yeah. People don't give him credit for it, but he understands how to stop things. You watch how he utilizes underhooks at a certain time, and leverage points to switch the position. He's got the full game now. And he, you know, I'm not saying he can't be beat, but man, he is good everywhere. And he's not maybe a submission guy, even though I've done fights where he's pulled off submissions and then, you know, everyone's like, well, that's a fluke. Obviously, it's not a fluke. He's been working at it. Yeah. Those, the guys at London Shoot Fighters are doing a great job in getting him better and better in those areas where people think that they can take advantage of him. And they're not taking advantage of him in those areas. You know, you watch, you, did you see what he put Ross Houston into when Ross Houston took him down the first time? No, no, which part? Do you remember when he, he brought the, brings the arm over figure fours with his arm inside? Yes. And it's a, it's a type of choke, but it, yeah. it doesn't work. It's guys that are not used to pressures will sometimes go, oh, I can't really breathe good. And they'll, they'll tap. But, yeah. You looked at what he's doing, and the problem for Ross is you are kind of stuck. Yeah. You're locked. You can try, and he did exactly what you should try to frame against his face. Yeah, I do Create, create a, a pain or a pressure that makes him go, I got to let go of this because you know, obviously it's not working. Yeah, th but, those are those are things you're only going to find with guys that are as long and lanky. Super as long. Yeah, they, yep. They'll figure for the body from the guard position. They'll do trick. They'll do little tricks like that, trying to hit submissions that no, like normal people that are not flexible and long, like myself, would never try to hit that move. Yeah, well, and he's got you. Know, there's a, there's a thing called the buggy choke. Have you ever seen the buggy choke? No. Okay, there's a guy who Talk was a me, white belt. White belt. All right. <laughs> And I think he was actually up from uh, um, Northern California there. This white belt pulls off a choke when someone has him inside control. He does this thing with his legs, and I can't describe it here, but pulls it up, and he chokes you while you're inside control. 
and he gets black belts to tap, you know, oh. and there's guys based upon body types. They can pull things off that a yeah. lot of other guys can't. And I think MVP's in that position where that long frame, those long arms, the long legs, you know, he can create problems for guys when they're on the ground because I go back to the cyborg fight. You know, people remember the knockout, mm -hmm. but cyborg is a black belt in jujitsu. Cyborg was a tough guy. Okay. Not the greatest fighter had a, you know, pretty almost 500 record, I would say, but fought, fought lot, the toughest guys. Yeah. And fought the toughest guys, but he was good on the ground and he got MVP down to the ground and couldn't do anything with him. You know, MVP got out of him. He went for leg locks on him. Couldn't get him, you know? And so I think MVP is showing, Hey, he, he's a well-rounded fighter. He's, he's not a guy that you, you're just going to take down and maul on the ground. It's not going to happen unless you're that elite guy that has got a ground game. If you're Damian Maya, you, you can maul him. Okay. Um, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of MVP. I mean, and with, I, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not going to be a homer. I'm going to give it to you guys straight. I thought he looked horrible. And I know the slipping had some factor to play into it. I don't think, I think for me, and I'm a, I'm a big MVP fan. I've always been a fan of his. And I've been called a homer several times because I work for Bellator. And I've talked about him like, hey, he's good. He's this, he's that. Like you, all the things that you just said. But I thought for this fight, I thought he looked horrible. I thought Ross Houston made him look, you know, a little bit bad because he never got out of his bubble. He stayed right in there. He played that Paul Daly kind of feel where he just made him come to him a little bit and then tried to counter mm -hmm. the counter striker. You said that yep. during the broadcast. Very smart game plan. MVP does not know how to fight guys that don't come forward. He, he has a hard time with he guys. doesn't like to fight guys that like do him. not come and attack him. If, yeah. if you attack him, he lives in that world. Yep. Yeah. So but I agree. That's. I, I feel like the slipping is sure some of it, but not all of it. He just didn't look, he didn't look good. Maybe it was from the long layoff, maybe from, I just didn't think he looked good. Sure. He did enough to win, but I just, I, I don't, I think when you're in the main event position and you touched on it a little bit, these are the type of fights where you have two guys that are one being Ross Houston being what the former cage warriors champion, mm -hmm. right? You have MVP who's been, who's fought Douglas Lima. He's got one loss. He's, you know, starched a ton of Douglas guys. Lima. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, it, like, all those factors playing, this should have been a five-round fight. I'm not for five-round fights yes. in the main event. I'm not for them at all. But I think, to me, this is, I, I feel like when you have two guys at this level in their career where they're like, hey, we're knocking on the door to see who's going to be the number two or number, you know, number one or number two person, you got you, you to have a five-round fight. The Tim Especially Johnson, when that next fight could be, that championship fight, yeah. so you're preparing for that yeah. five round fight. That that Tim Johnson and and Czech Congo fight, I don't think it should have been five rounds. I think it should have just been the three rounds. And I don't, I don't I, think it. Should, I, I don't think it should have because, been. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do that to either guy as far as <laughs> man, give him a heart attack. That's, that's no, a lot I of just, weight to move around. <laughs> no, I just I think that we, we, I think it was it comes down to certain fights. I think can be can be put into a five round position, and certain fights yeah. can't. I think I think it's gonna be it's gonna be different from from uh fight to fight but regardless i look he got the win he's gonna move on but there's other guys i think for him to fight i gotta be honest with you i want to see him take a step up in competition i wanted to see the Derek anderson fight you know and I, I think ross houston was a step up it's just uh this in this scenario i think in a five round fight would have made a potential the potential made a difference i think the Derek anderson ross houston comparison is very close yes the way the way they fight the style of fighter they are Although I think Derek takes bigger chances and will sling more yeah. than Ross Houston. But, you know, you look at the one thing I think Bellator, whoever 
you've got to put only top flight fighters against Michael. And, you know, yeah. he wants that Douglas Lima fight, and I don't blame him. You know, that's the championship fight. That's the fight you should be looking towards. But, you know, anybody you put against him, it's got to be your very best that you have. You know, there's other guys, put, though. There's other guys in that division that I want to see him fight before he gets back to Lima. It wasn't like who, he went out there and besides dominated. Oliver and Camp. Well, not all kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing Oliver <laughs> out there as far in terms of, but Oliver to me is a step down from Ross Houston. I think Ross Houston is a better fighter. Amazon. There you go. You have Amazon as well. You've got Derek Anderson. We talked about this the other day uh, a little bit. Um, I think Amazon is the guy. You, you talked about Oliver Income, and, and I, I agree. That's kind of a cool fight. Yeah. But I, I think Amazon is the fight. That's that's the toughest dude. What about in Joey that. Davis? Or Joey Davis doesn't have enough experience. I'm just being honest. Seven he doesn't and fight oh. enough right now. I love I Joey. You know, Black Ice is he's awesome. I've known him since phenomenal he was a phenomenal wrestler. Okay, a phenomenal wrestler and could put MVP on his back, no doubt about it. But there's other guys like Korishkov, Korishkov who is I the, would love to see against MVP. That's the name. That's the I Actually, think that's really the fight you need to make next. Okay. I think I think it's only fair to to the rest of the people in the 175 or the 170 pound division. It needs to be him. You know? Okay. I could, maybe maybe even Ed Ruth. You say Ed Ruth, uh, or uh, what's the you say no on Ed? Okay, no, Ed, Ed lost his last fight. You know, yeah, that's it's true. like no. I would, I would put I, my my honest opinion is Korshkov. So you have Korshkov, and then who did I say up there at the very top? Amazon. And, and you said Oliver Endcamp. I, I said I said Oliver. Any of those yeah. three? Yeah. Any of those three? I would take or Lorenz Larkin. Well, Lorenz, I think is next in line. Is what I'm. I sort of against believe. Lima. Yeah, I think yeah, Lima after. Lima's, but that's gonna be down Lima's, the road. Exactly. So he yeah. needs a fight. Boom. If you put Lorenz Larkin, who's got phenomenal stand-up, fast. Hey, hey, what, 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 wait, 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 we're skipping Jason Jackson. Hello. What? There That's you true. go. Didn't even say, I'm sorry, Jason. Jason. The ass-kicking machine. I apologize that I forgot you in that in that weight class. Korshkoff, Jason, ja Jason Jackson, fucking good. Yeah, J Jason Jackson and uh, Korshkoff. And fun. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I would put, I would put, uh, I put in camp later on, like not later on, but just See, I'll, I'll, I'll move him off, and I'm going to put Korshkov Jason. More yeah, that's fine. Two, three more. We give him Korshkov or Jason Jackson. I mean, I'd like to see the Jason Jackson fight though. To me, that'd be great. You know, or, and Korshkov. Who else was up there? And we have Lima already the champion. Amazov. I mean, you can see. Uh, what about um, or Neiman Gracie? Or Neiman. There's another one. Let's see. Let's see if he can. That's oh, that's a tough fight. And even I think he even called him out after that. After this, last, yeah, he's on the. You know, he said, "Hey, why don't we and I fight next?" I think that's okay. a great fight for him, for both of them. That'll let, that'll silence some of the critics if MVP can avoid getting subbed, you know. And um, yeah, exactly. If he can avoid getting subbed by uh by Neiman, Neiman. real deal, real deal on the ground. What other fights were on this card that you liked? What's going on with that? That sucked. That was you know if, other than talking about. I thought the last one you want to talk about is Alan O'Mur versus yes. Ryan Scope. Yes. Looks Alan Omer, man, I, I'd, he, this is a guy, you know, he's been all over. He reminds me of a small gay guard Musasi because he's got really good stand-up. His ground is now really good. He will fight anywhere. He brings a pressure. He, he pressures a lot more than even gay guard does. And, you know, he came out saying, hey, he goes, I'm going to just, I'm going to go forward and I will not stop going forward until I put him on the ground. Yeah. He did exactly exactly what he said he was going to do 
And, you know, he, he was in the UFC for a little bit, you know, had a, had a win, but I think he lost to, uh, Arnold, which is Arnold's beating everybody in the oh. UFC in that weight class. But, uh, can you scroll down on him so I can see he, um, he looks so Arnold. good and so dominant. Yeah. yeah. Arnold Allen. Wow. Arnold Allen is good, man. That dude's been killing everybody, but Jim, uh, Allers was another fight that he had there that he, he lost, but now He's fighting at a different level. He has gotten so much better since that time. The last three years, he has improved so much. He was, he, at one time, Ryan Scope was a good fighter. Yeah. Let's just be honest. He's now, he's up here. He, I don't think he wants to do it. Yeah. He's got to figure yeah. it out. Like, I, I could be wrong, but it looked to me in the end that, you know, he, he was just saying, because he tapped, yeah. you know, multiple times in that fight. Referee didn't see it the first time, and then he tapped again. And then actually tapped, you know, and they stopped it. And you, the body shot he took that that knee inside was that was not by accident. He yeah. controlled that position, held the arm, moved the arm, brought the knee in. Just a beautiful execution of that technique, and then went after him. You know, and Ryan at one time, you know, Ryan was beating everybody. Ryan was good, you know, and he's a talented fighter. Yeah. It's just I think upstairs now man he's uh he's in that position where i don't think he's believing in ryan's scope and he's got to get that back this is a perfect uh scenario where you need to change camps like i don't know what the camp is situation is there and i'm sure maybe it's fucked up right now with the pandemic but yeah. what it is is you need to change camps you need to go somewhere that motivates you again because he's still young 28 years old you should be in your prime Mentally right now, he's not the same fighter. Three in a row, after after losing yeah. three in a row, you're just not the same. The other thing, too, is I know we, we've gone over this whole weight cutting issue several times, but ever since the Peter, like when he did the Peter Queeley thing where he didn't make 55, he let's come in at 160. Okay, they'll turn around. And they fought at 170, I think it was him and Peter Queeley. They fought at 170. They agreed on 170. That heavy, huh? Yeah. Okay. And then Alan O'Moore, like he, he went to 160. Didn't want to cut the rest of the weight. Look, I... That to me, I don't understand what that. For me, it's a mental block. It's like, oh, why yeah, put ourselves that. through that? Why? Is, and I feel like it's shown ever since he, those two situations, those two scenarios, has shown like he just has broke. I feel like he's broke mentally in those scenarios. He gassed himself out on Peter Quilly and just had no answer after that. And I don't know, Mirror. He just once he got hit with a couple big shots, it was like okay, he just he folded under the pressure. That's a mental thing. And I think when you make weight, I didn't see that against him against Patricky. He got dropped against Patricky, came back, and he was like still fighting hard in the second and third round. That's not the same fighter that I saw that fought Peter Queeley and the same fighter that I fought, fought Alan Amir. Not the yeah. same guy. Now I don't know. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it all on the weight cutting thing, but something's going on, whether it's your camp or your whether it's your training. I don't know, whether it's home issues, whatever it is. It's something though, but you're not the same guy you were when you fought Patricky. I left I left the Patricky fight after calling that fight going. This kid could be something. Yeah. And then I saw his Peter Queeley fight and I was like, oh, maybe I overstepped a little bit. Mentally, he's not the same kid. And then you now, actually thought he won the Patricky fight. I actually I thought he that. won. And I'm a big Patri I'm a Patricky yeah. fan. Everyone knows that I'm a Patricky fan, even though him and I have fought. Like uh, and I came out on the short end. I'm still a Patricky fan. I'm a Patricky and Patricio fan. I love the, the Pitbull brothers. But I mean, I thought I thought when it came down to the judge, I thought Ryan Scope had won that fight. It was close. I, I wasn't mad that they gave it. I was like, oh, well, you know, no. no, it was it was one of those fights. It was a close fight. That's what happens. And when you leave it to the judge, Patricky won the fight. 
But Ryan Scope, it would have changed the dynamic of everything, I think, had he won that fight. But he just wasn't, this, he's not the same fighter. He's not the same fighter he was in that fight. We saw that in Peter Quigley, and we saw, I definitely saw it in the Elmer fight. Yeah, he's got to find that fire. He's got to yeah. find whatever it is that makes him, you know, believe and start doing things. And I, you might be right. You know, maybe it's a time for a, just a change of scenery, a change of yeah. people he's training with. So he's getting a little bit different technique talk. And, you know, he's, he's working out with guys that do things differently. I don't know. Yeah. Because I've always thought he's, he's a talented kid. And I would hate to see him stop because it looked to me when he was in his corner after the fight was over, it looked to me like he said, I'm done. Yeah, and I would hate to see that because he's very talented. But if that's what he wants, then you know, best to him, and and uh, he's he's the one that knows if that's the right call. Yeah, the other thing too is once you've already kind of said things like that, like you know, and we've talked to people. Every time you say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm looking at retirement," or when you bring up when you bring up retirement, it's kind of already Goodbye. time to retire. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I think with him, he just needs to he needs to figure it out. Does he want to keep going? If he does, I think he needs to find a new scenery. You know, I think that'll help. I'm not saying he's going to make him successful and make him a winner, but I think that he needs to find a new group of people to train with just to get his mind off and a fresh start. But Yep. Well, there's uh, something that we have going for us now. Yes. MyBookie.com is part of the Wing In podcast. Way yes. to go. This is good. This is very good. People need <laughs> to think about, if you like betting on MMA fights, then mybookie.com is the place for you to go because if you go there as part of the weighing in crew and you sign up using the promo code weighing in, mybookie.com will double, double, Josh, your first deposit. So you put a dollar in, you now have $2. You put 500 in, you now have $1,000. You put 5,000 in, you get $10,000. Hello. That's a lot of money. You got some good math on you, buddy. Man, I am dude, if that sharp was, as a marble. If that was podcast day, sharp we would have never marble. figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, mybookie.com has more MMA odds than any other betting location you'll find. They have odds and available fights for you to bet on with all the UFC fights, now with Bellator fights. So you can look at all the different ones and figure out, I like to bet favorites. I like to bet you know, the underdog, whatever it is, you can go there and place your bet. See how good you do. John, the best betting though line that they have available is the Talk betting me, line baby. between you and I. They, we are going to pick fights and we're going to bet and they have a betting line on who gets the most right. So you guys can bet a dollar. You guys can bet $2. You guys can bet 50. You guys can bet a hundred up to a thousand up to whatever, however much you want. But my point <laughs> is, is I wouldn't go that big and steep on it because my odds are not that great. <laughs> but John and I will do betting lines and they will actually put us against each other. And you guys can bet on who got the most right. So, I mean, that's going to be fun for us, for fun for our listeners to, to go ahead and throw down a dollar or two on, on the odds right now. I think we're even, which I don't know how they came up with those odds. Because you generally are a little bit uh, like not as good at picking up the oh, fights as me. Dude, I'm usually a little bit something. ahead. Man, I don't want to say anything bad about your mom, but you're a lying son <laughs> bitch, man. <laughs> oh man, but I, I'm uh, yeah, I, I think I think I'm gonna win this whole thing. You okay, guys, well, if you guys well, want to bet, you guys should bet for. But question on this is: Does that mean that we have to? You get to pick a fight, and I have to take the opposite person, or? We just pick, and what if we both say, well, we both agree that well, 
on these people winning. What are I, we doing? I think a lot of it is is like we're I'm obviously I'm gonna pick fights that I think I, I'm gonna win based on the betting lines. I'm not gonna pick like based on the fighters that I think are gonna win because if the okay, odds, so if the we're odds going more there, betting line than anything. Yeah, I'm gonna go more betting line on this for my bookie. Um, because I want I want to go with like hey these you guys have to understand. I'm gonna give you guys an example. Like you look at Ross Houston and MVP. Let's just say it was like a two to one or three to one for Ross Houston. I probably would have put down a hundred bucks on Ross Houston because there's a good chance he could have taken him down and got a submission or at least grinded him out. And um, it's one of those bets that I wanted to take. So I would have probably done something like that. And that's the great thing is, is you and I both have put in a couple hundred dollars, what, 500 bucks each. And we're going to bet on each other. Hundred bucks each. And we're going to bet on, we're going to basically take our bets and use our money to go ahead and take place some bets as well. And, and be part of this. I want to make sure if if, if I'm going to ask you guys to bet on something, I'm going to be all in also on a couple of these guys. So, balls um, deep, baby. Yeah, Go. Balls, balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> something Dave's never been. Oh. Ah. I have a kid. Better yeah. Hey, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah. So this is going to be fun. MyBookie.com. People, go sign up. Tell us who you are going with also. Yep. Let's give us some information on, hey, I'm making this bet. Well, what we're going to do. And we will tell you what we think. We're going to do a midweek show because the betting lines come out later this afternoon or sometimes Monday morning. So for the for the week, the week that the fights are coming up. So for the Bellator fights on Thursday night on CBS Sports, the Chris Cyborg fight, those betting lines will be available probably either later today or tomorrow. So go to mybookie.com, type in the weighing in, create a, create a um a, an account, type in the weighing in code, and they'll double your your deposit so if you put that's 100 nice. in 200 so you have more money to bet with and it's uh it's all on us man thank you guys so i hope you guys do that create that account but wednesday i think we're going to do a midweek show and we will talk the betting lines then you guys want to listen to us then and we'll uh get that out you guys can uh follow up with some of our information that we're going to give you guys then you can go bet and then you guys can be mad at us when we don't win or you guys can be happy for us when we do win don't which, blame us don't blame us yes but we will win i think we will win so um all right well let's uh, talk let's talk about the ufc Really good, dude. They had okay. I'm, let's just go to the, the, the <laughs> first one off the thing because you, people talk about it all the time. Ah, Bellator, ah, they suck. Joaquin Buckley, a man from Bellator, pulled off probably the greatest knockout Insane. in UFC history. It was phenomenal. Now we've had you know great ones as far as I can go back and start naming a ton. So, but this one and because of what he did with his foot being held by his opponent, doing a spinning back kick to the freaking face. And you just saw how much torque it had in the response by the opponent. That dude went down and then when his head hit, you know, completely out. Just an incredible knockout. You got us put that number one. That's the knockout of the year. No matter what. I, in fact, who was it? Um, in fact, he just fought for Bellator. The guy that fought, he was the one that did, uh, he was going to fight. He, they pulled him off. He did the rolling thunder kick against Ross Pearson last year. I had that as the, that was unbelievable. You know hmm. what rolling thunder is? Spins over the heel yeah. kick to the, and knocked Ross Pearson out. Well, I just got my winner. Fighters only. Guess who I'm going to put in for knockout of the year? It is my man, Joaquin Buckley. That was unbelievable. It was it was crazy. I, I I was sitting there watching, and I'm thinking to myself, "How in the fuck did he do that?" <laughs> I I thought somehow maybe I missed it from the angle of the TV that he put his foot down and did the spinning back kick. But the, 
but Impa still had his ha- his foot in his hand. It was holding, yeah. it was holding him up. Crazy. I was like, wow. It was that was very impressive. Not only that, but look, let's even even before the kick. I love the way this guy fights. And like you had said, he was in Bellator. I'm not going to, I'm just mad that we let him go. This was, oh, yeah. I'm just mad that he's not with us. I mean, that, that fight to me was he, his fight with Holland was good. He had a great fight. I believe he took that fight on short notice as well with Holland, but that was a good fight. But then he came back and fought Impa and he fought a great fight in that fight as well. He didn't even have his corners, you know? No. So he, both times, I think he had to fight without corners. He was able to talk some guys into cornering him while he was there. And I'm like, man, th- you're he's good. You could tell he's mentally strong. You can tell that he's he wants to do this. All the ability he has, I was impressed. And he's got he's got a pretty good gas tank. He gassed out a little bit in the Holland fight, but like I said, I think it's because he took the fight on short notice. But the Impa fight, um, I thought he looked I thought he was looking phenomenal. He did some great things. That that KO, I can sit here and talk about it probably for another hour. But I mean, you gotta t- he's already got what did they say? They posted that video. And within a certain amount of time, it's got the most likes, most views, most shares, like four oh. or five million within like a couple hours. I just That's feel bad crazy. for Impa. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry, Impa. I'm sorry you had to be there. No matter what, there's always a moment where you are someone else's highlight reel. It's just yeah. part of the sport of MMA and it sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to say this. I'm going to pass the torch to you, Impa, because I lost to Eves Edwards in a very, very, yep. in a very yep. not similar way, but similar way. Yeah. And uh, you have now taken that over for me over what 20, 20 years now. You can have it, buddy. You can have it, buddy. Okay. Yep. And uh, but, but that's gonna be a hard one to beat. Oh, it's gonna be a hard one to beat. That was just incredible. So, yeah, I, when Bellator got he lost to Logan Storley, and Logan, you know, being a great wrestler, yeah, coming out of Minnesota, you know, took him down and controlled him, and you know, Joaquin was trying to you know fight his way up off the ground, just could not get past the wrestling of Logan yeah. Storley. And then he, he was gone, and I was like, man, that's too bad, because he was always yeah. the guy he came to fight. And he's, he's just doing that in the UFC, so congratulations to him. Fantastic knockout. You will be the fighters only KO of the year. No doubt so. in my mind. What about, like, are we talking decades and stuff, though, also? What do you think? You think he's fight a, like, a KO of the decade or a KO of in history? Are we in that history uh, talk? You know, I don't, I, I, you, there's too many. And it's there's hard so, to say. There's, there's ones that you can go back up. Just like I said, last year, the rolling thunder. How many rolling thunder knockouts have you ever seen? Nah, I don't think I've ever seen one. One. I didn't even see that one. That one. I didn't even see that yeah, that's one. It. Yeah. See, and it's so you, you look and you go, there's those ones, but it, you, just in the moment that was, and pulled off against a really good fighter. Yeah. In Impa. Just phenomenal. Yeah, I think you have like several that are in that. Like, I mean, like if you go back to when I lost to Eve, oh, that yeah. was probably mine. Mine was there for the longest time. Then you have uh, Anderson Silva versus Vitor because it was something that was new, something that just people were like, oh, shit, you did it with ease. Yeah. Um, but then, like you said, the Rolling Thunder. And then this one. I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I've Edson seen- Barbosa against Terry Edom, that freaking heel. Oh, yeah. Spinning wheel kick with the heel kick. Yep. Because oh. I feel like a lot of it comes down to how the person falls. And Impa got frozen in space. He just got frozen there. And then you actually, they have a facial shot of him with his eyes rolled back. Oh, yeah. So um, that's going to take me into my next little segue here of ESPN came out with Scott Van Pelt shortly after saying basically a whole little segment on how he does. He hated to see this. He thought it was he thought it was horrible. There was no joy in watching this and them talking about or them making it go viral was something that he was adamantly against. 
I said, this, oh, okay. This is a sport. You, you know what? You know what Scott Van Pelt is? Huh. He's a figure skating watcher that doesn't like fights. Okay, enjoy figure skating. What do I care? Okay, you want to watch figure skating? Watch figure skating. Get the hell off of the sports channel because if you can't figure out that fighting is about competition and sport, you don't belong there. Go watch your little baseball game and your basketball game. You're a doofus. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I got another person that hates me. So, John, tell me how you really feel. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I, th I think really what it comes down to, though, is hey, are we getting the same? Is he giving the same criticism when he sits there and watches football when kids just rim their heads into each other? Right. Oh, yeah. Kids are 20 years old, 21 years old, playing college football, plowing each other over, cr creating just as much CTE and brain damage as these guys. I would say even more. I mean, like you look at guys like Aaron, what Aaron Hernandez, right? They at twenty six years old or twenty seven years old when they did the autopsy, years old. and they did the autopsy on his on his brain. They said he had the worst CTE they'd ever seen in anyone. That he had CTE that was worse than anyone they had up to forty two years of age. Yes. So my, my my point is is that look, I, I understand that look, we all understand we're taking risks, but Impa got up. He walked away. He, he obviously was upset, but. This is a one time. This is hopefully just a one time thing in someone's career. Those guys are getting knocked out on the football field all the time, you know. They and they all actually the get time. they actually get sent back in. Oh, I'm okay. I mean, they're gonna lie out not their anymore. teeth to get back not in. Anymore. Not not as much anymore. Concussion but protocol. They can, they can still get through that concussion protocol sometimes. Let's be yeah. honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, Depends true. on how valuable of a, of a player you are. You know, <laughs> depends. If you're the quarterback, get your ass back out there. You know. So, <laughs> anyways, um. I didn't. I didn't hear that, but the, you know, to me, Dave, can you pull that it up? right there? That's that is sad. Yeah, because if you're SVP and you've Scott got Van that Pell. platform, yeah, if you don't like something, I guess it's your place to be able to say I don't like it. But it really, you know, you've got to appreciate what one athlete did in that. You have to appreciate the skill level and the ability to pull something like that off. And, you know, again, how many times are you seeing, you know, things that I watch on TV that I don't like sports wise that you know, I don't I don't sit yeah. there and tell somebody else that they shouldn't be getting pleasure out of that. They shouldn't be enjoying that. That's it's a singular opinion. Yeah. Now, your singular opinion, you don't like. Fight? OK, don't like fights. I'm not going to sit there and tell you, well, you're an idiot. You should. But if you're going to sit there and say, well, that shouldn't be shown, you're an idiot. Yeah, I think I think what he was getting at, though, from what I understand, I saw I saw it basically. I read it up on a tweet, and people were posting the article, and I just clicked on the the the, the headline of it all, and it said like that he didn't he didn't like seeing people knocked out like that, and I understand that. But you're well, that's also, okay. You're also a sports channel, and I get like, hey, just a devastating knockout. You know, hopefully he's okay. We can talk about it, and this is the sport. And I mean, like we've had boxing for a couple what a couple hundred years now. But it's like. It's it's part of the sport. We actually seen the ball on this guy. So I'm just reading what what the headlines are on it. If we can pull it up, he's looking. I can't find. I can't find like okay. Um, that guy's. So yeah, so we he had talked about it on. He does like a little segment apparently that's like says it's Scott Van Pelt's little segment there. Bottom line is is it, this is the sport. He Impa got up, walked away, seemed like he was fine. You know, and uh, we'll see and like moving on. But I, he's extremely talented, tough kid. He's going to come back and he'll fight again. So, yep. Anyways, um, okay. So let's let's talk more. Let's see what else. Pull up the the card. Well, how about Ben Rothwell and uh, Marcin Tybura? 
Ben Rothwell is a zombie, man. I'm telling you. Just, you can hit that dude with a brick, yep. the kitchen sink, and the back bumper of a Ford F-150. <laughs> and he will still walk forward. He is just, he took a lot of damage, man. Yeah, he you did. Can tell he got tired, but Tabura was hitting him with a ton of shots. Nothing that I thought that he was really, you know, loading up a lot. Every now and then you saw him load up a little bit, but man, he took so many shots in that second and third round because Ben Ben went after him in the first round and threw a lot. But that second and third round, he took a lot of shots and just kept coming. Yeah, just I kept coming. I think Ben maybe thought that um, Tabert was gonna like gas out or slow down enough in the second and third. I don't know. I don't know what the game plan was. He came out really aggressive, really fast, just barrages the punches. Looked like he tried gassing him out. I don't think he had a lot of respect for Tabora's um abilities. Like either abilities or punching powers or whatever. But he just it after after he had that adrenaline dump, that first, you know, four minutes of the adrenaline dump, he wasn't the same fighter moving forward. Ooh, no. And Tabora just kept he kept his hands up, just kind of slowly kept walking him down, just touch, touch, touch. And like you said, nothing was loaded up on and nothing was thrown extremely hard. He just he was just letting him know that there was touches to be made. He was just touching him in the face, touching too him fast. a little bit. Yeah. And it, it was, was too fast. It was land. I was like, wow, this is this you're this is impressive. Cause I, I had I had Ben winning the first round. I had Tabora yeah, winning no, no the, the you know rounds two and three. But I thought yep. it was I thought it was a good fight. Third had, round he won 10 8. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, it it was it was a good it was a good fight for heavyweights. They were still pushing the pace going in the second and the third round, which is nice to see. Good stuff. There was a lot of activity for heavyweights. Yeah. That was a lot a ton. of volume coming out from both guys in different times that, during the fight. But um really I, I give Ben Rothwell all the credit in the world. You are at one tough Son mother man because yeah. man you took a ton of damage and marcine man just a beautifully executed fight took all that rush all of that pressure all of what ben was bringing in the beginning just sat back accepted some shots you know tried to give some back let him do his thing and then just kept with your game plan turned it on a little bit more when he was starting to get tired you pushed it a little bit more to make it even worse for him and just Beautiful performance, really. Man, the Polish fighters, look what they're doing, man. <laughs> got Jan Blachowicz and now Marcin Tabura, man. They're, don't screw with the Poland, you know, guys from Poland, man. They're tough. <laughs> um, the other heavyweight I want to talk about was that young kid, Tom Aspinall. Oh, he's good. Frank Mir's he's, son. He, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Frank said, Frank said, hey, very... if you finish what Kimura or, or, or Nibar, he's like, I'm going to put you in the family photos this, this Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was great. It well, is a, funny how he does look like Frank, though. He's got a great submission game, man. Yeah. The guy is really good in his submissions, but you know that's not what took place in this fight. But mm-hmm. he's a, you know, I think I love the fact that he is in the position where he's saying, hey, I need time. You know, I got a long ways to go. I, I need to work on my things. He's not, ha- he wasn't, you know, ex- I'm sure he's happy about his performance, but he wasn't ecstatic. He, he wasn't, you know, putting more on it than it was. It's, a, it's another fight. It's a learning experience. It's something for me to say, you know, I went out and did it. Now I need to go out and do it again. And he's a young guy, you know, 27 years of age. Yeah. He is going to be around if he fights smart and gets used to taking his time in the fight. 
he he went after him in the stand-up when he had him up against the cage, man. He hit him with a couple big shots. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. He is very, you say Frank Mir, and I go, oh, my God. Not only does he look like him, he kind of fights like him. Yeah, a little bit. He's got that same skill set. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, I also, here's the thing is I love to hear things like this from young fighters. Like, you know what? There's no rush. Just keep giving me the guys that I, you know, that evenly match with me or if I, you know, knowing that I could win if I show up. And that, that to me is because I've, I've said this before, I don't know how many times you can never, like, it's hard to go backwards. Once you're already at the top fighting those guys in the, in in section, you know, in in the one through 10, you know, the top 10, you're going to have a hard time going back. So take your time to get there and slowly just systematically dismantle the ones that are in front of you. And as you get better and you get better, you're going to peak at a certain time and take your time. If you look at guys like Khabib, right? Khabib did the same thing. There was never a rush. Sure, he wanted top guys. A lot of guys didn't want to fight him. But he just took whoever was in front of him and he just beat them. Slowly and steady, he beat them. I mean, like, you look at guys like Abel Trujillo. Everyone thought, you know, Abel Trujillo was going to be able to stop his takedowns. Didn't happen. You know, he fought guys like Gleason Tebow, who's enormous and huge and things like, you know, and strong. And, and Khabib had a tough time with him, but Khabib got the win. There's guys that you just progressively get a little bit better. And I think what, what Tom was saying is that there's no rush right now. I'm 27 years old. Let's take my time. The other thing is you have to learn to understand where you're at when it comes to money. Why do I want to jump into that top 10 group of guys fighting those guys for making what I'm making now? Just slowly keep bumping your pay, keep bumping your pay. And as you get up into those uh, top 10 guys, that's when you're around your contract should be uh, be renegotiated. Okay, look, yeah. I'm going to be fighting top 10. Let's go. Show me the money. Show me the money. Anyway, just bump that up. <laughs> I think uh, the fight that I thought was so fun, though, and I mean, just impressive by both guys was uh, Zalal against, uh, I want to say, Tapuria? Yes. Is, is it Tapuria? Yes, Tapuria. Man. There, that dude put on a clinic of, here's a submission for you. Yes. Well, here's another submission for you. Well, here's another one. And th- and I'm looking at him going, dude, that's tight. And Zalal fought his way out of him. Man, what a tough kid. You know, I've watched him fight, you know, a couple of times now. Man, he's just good, and he is... He's so young, and it's going to be impressive to see him later on. But damn that, you know, Tapuria, he was good. He got tired at the end. All those submissions started to take effect on his arms and stuff. You could tell his arms were getting heavy. Yeah, because he looked really fresh in the second round. But then in the beginning of that was the third. In the beginning of the third, he started slowing down. They had a couple big exchanges, and he just wasn't the same guy when they got back to their feet. And chasing submission after submission after submission – People don't realize it's the grip strength that goes that goes when you're trying to hit those. To bring a guy into position. Yep. Yeah. So the grip strength goes, and then that makes your the, all the blood rushes to your forearms. That makes you not want to hold your hands up. Everything just gets heavy, and you're just thinking to yourself, "Man, how am I going to get through this?" You got to circle, stay away. And I thought I thought he fought really well in the first two rounds, but in he that did. third round, he started gassing, started getting everything, started getting a little heavier from chasing all the submissions, which is common, which is common. But I thought he fought well, even when he was tired and exhausted he still fought well he fought smart so it was good from what he put out man i i don't blame him for getting tired because he was come on at a certain point you had to be watching going yeah god damn this is like a clinic of what he's putting on here trying to go after and stuff it was one submission to the next just he's good he's good and his stand-up was good his stand-up was sharp because the moroccan devil can stand and fight and he's a little tiny batahari yeah he's he's, he's tough and that kid's He's going to be around for a long time. 
he is good. You know, both of them, both young. That's the, what's crazy. Those, those are two guys in the here. Everybody in the UFC, you know, guys, you know, matchmakers don't let those guys go. Those guys <laughs> are going to be there for a long time, yeah. with big time fights in the future for you guys. Because they're fun to watch. I wish I was that. I wish I was as good as those two guys at 23 and 24. <laughs> when I think about it, right? I'm like, man. Man. You know, I was I was in the UFC already at that at 21, 21, 22. And I'm thinking to myself, these kids are really good at this age. Yeah, it's scary. They're so good. Huh? It's crazy how good they are. Neither one of those kids were, they. neither one of those guys were born That's when good. we started. <laughs> neither one were born. Thanks, thanks, John. <laughs> thanks, John. Now that's that's getting back to you for all of oh, you're 78 years old. You're 79 77 now, years old. 79. Damn it, I just gained another year. Yep. Every time you make fun <laughs> of me, it's a year. Oh man. Those of you guys that um came in late to the podcast and you were uh, going through stand up, John. Let's see that beautiful. Oh, come on, again. take a look at this. Here. <laughs> I was at the dentist's office the other day. <laughs> And if you're on iTunes, this is worth subscribing to YouTube. Oh, yeah, baby. Geez. If you guys are on our, our uh, audio on. platforms, you guys got to hit the YouTube subscribe button and, and look at this this shirt that John's wearing today. This, this what is a what jerk. friends do. What a jerk. I took oh, a picture. Me, I got other ones coming. Oh, man. You're, <laughs> you're in a lot of trouble, buddy. I, I didn't say they're coming with you. I, they're uh, coming, though. <laughs> I uh, was at the dentist when you guys were all texting the other day and they were like blowing up my phone. I was getting like 30, 40 texts in like in 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to get on this thing real quick and see what's going on. And I, and I look to see, and they're just blowing up my phone and I'm, they're like, man, we haven't heard from Josh. What's going on with Josh. And I'd take a He's picture dead. of me in the, in the dentist chair and, uh, <laughs> I sent it to them and John, this backfires backfires. <laughs> I honestly thought you were getting brain surgery to try and, to try and get some improvements. Oh, wow. Oh, this, there it uh, is. You think he's he thinks he's funny. He's gotta walk past me to get to the door though. <laughs> there was there was there was that song. That's what friends are for. No, man. <laughs> moments. Let me see what else. Moments. Yeah, the right, fight. Talk- what else? Edson Barbosa against Maquan Amirakani. <sighs> just was just a different level of speed, different level of power, strength. All those things. I mean, th- just the tricks that uh, Barboza had where he turned the hips and everything like that and then then released the punch. Mm. That gives you that little relaxation. Don't get me wrong, man. Americani is, I think he's going to be, he's good. How old he's is he? Phenomenal. He's 31. I, he seems a lot, he looked a lot younger than I thought. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. Barboza just had everything. He had every answer every single time. He lost the takedowns at the very end. Almost like he was like, okay, I'm just going to yeah. rest. There was nothing there, and it was like less than 10 seconds on both times. He lost the takedowns. I just, he looked really good. He looked really good. I, I'm, I actually got to tell you, he looks better at 45 than he did at 55. He looks fantastic. Yeah. And he's so fast. But, but let me play devil's advocate here just Go real ahead. quick. None of the guys have fought him the way that the 55-pounders had fought him. No one's pressing into him. No one's pushing him. No one's making him go backwards. He's not a fighter that fights well going backwards. Gaethje proved that. Uh, Khabib proved that. Tony but Ferguson. Do, but if you're a Mirakani mm-hmm. and you're watching his previous fights and you're saying, okay, do I write my own blueprint on how to beat him or do I follow the blueprint that has been put out? On this is what you do with Edson Barbosa. This is where he, you can present problems and and frustrate him and cause him to actually lessen his offensive output. So 
I th- you know, I'm sure that he saw all that, but when he was in there with him, things change. That, yeah, that distance was there, and then he saw how fast Edson was. Because you saw Edson did some beautiful feints in there where he was trying to, you know, get him to actually move, and then he would he would faint, and then switches, boom, and hit him, and you go, that's a beautiful job of setting him up. And and Americani was kind of falling for some of those things, and I think he got hit a couple times and said, man. This guy is not as easy to either move backwards or to, you know, crush that space on as I thought it was going to be. Because, you know, he, he was talking that Edson Barbosa was tailor-made for his style. Yeah. Obviously, not quite tailor-made because he was, he, he put, he took a lot of damage, you know, singular damage, not a lot of, you know, flurries or anything like that, but. The, some of the body shots he took, Edson hit him with some beautiful body shots, kicks to the body, you know, just an outstanding fight by Edson. And it's the one thing, you know, we talk about. Normally, I don't like to see guys go down because I think that, you know, not only the weight cut, but the speed factor changes. And when you're fast in this upper weight class, all of a sudden you're not fast in that lower weight class. He looked fast. I, yeah. I take nothing from him. He looked great. He had energy. The weight cut obviously is no big deal, and the speed was absolutely there because he was faster than Americani. Let me ask you this: the him and Marlon Moraes, um, they both are at ATT now. Now and leaving, uh, Mark, leaving Henry. Mark Henry there with uh, with Frankie and all those guys. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just. I think Edson's looks looks phenomenal. Marlon, mm-hmm. I I feel like Marlon hasn't really set in yet. Possibly, I don't know. Uh, I don't think he looked as good last night that that Edson did, but I mean, obviously, styles of, of who you're fighting is going to make a big difference. With Barboza, didn't lose any speed. The guys that he has fought so far are not as fast as him. Um, they don't have as much power as him. He's a physical specimen. We've talked about this a bunch of times. Genetically, he's just phenomenal. But I think the blueprint has been laid out that the way to beat him is to pressure him and make him fight going backwards. If you stay inside that boxing range and you make him brawl, you make him get into those exchanges. Take away his kicks by he, staying in that boxing range. Yep, and and you make him box. I think his shoulders blow up. He starts to slow down. His punches don't come out as fluently. If you make him grapple and wrestle a lot, he's still strong as fuck, and he's explosive because you see the way when he was able to stop some of Americani's uh, takedown attempts. Like he was, he was one step ahead of Americani in the, in the wrestling. Just yeah. when he was getting in the leg, whizzing, kicking his foot out. I think the very first thing that people need to remember when you fight him, when you snatch a single on him, he's going to push on the shoulders and elevate his leg because he's so flexible, and he can actually push all the way out and get out. That's something that was very impressive because not a lot of guys can do that. He does it so well. And when you try to drive back into him, he's already back in his stance. And so you're either going to take a knee or he's going to circle out or he's going to hit you with some shots. He's he's getting better. He's 34. So you need to fast track him to the title shot as much as we can. I mean, he's number 14 now. He's number 14 now, but Americani wasn't ranked from what I understand, from what I believe. But uh, Barboza's number 14. This doesn't really help him a whole lot getting there. It gives him a paycheck and moving on. But can you pull up the 145-pound division? Who see who we can get him to fight? <laughs> let's see. Let's let's go. Let's go. Josh Emmett. So that's number fifteen is Bryce. Yeah, yeah. But I'd like. I don't know. I want to see him fight Josh Emmett. Great fight. Josh Emmett got the power. Barboza's shown that he can be knocked out. The two of them are going to stand in the cage and they're going to fight. I want to see that fight happen. 
Josh won his last fight though. Guy we guy we talked about earlier. What does that Arnold mean? Allen. He's got to move up, man. He he fought an unranked guy. You know, no, this is stop being a homer. You're a homer. You like you're a, he likes he knows Josh Emmett. He's met him one time and it, <laughs> you get a nerve to say stop he, being he, a homer. He, he met him. He met him one time at boot camp. You know, <laughs> it was at, it was at Bible camp or something. Josh Josh, Josh Emmett is out for a while. Oh, is he? What happened? Torn tore his knee. Tore his knee. Ah, that sucks. Knee up, Who's another one? Who's Calvin another Qatar. one? How about that? Calvin Qatar. There you go. That would be a good fight. Is it Jeremy Qatar Stevens. or is it Cater? Uh, Calvin Cater, I think Calvin Qatar. I think it's Cater. Okay, Calvin like Cater. Cater. Okay. But it's probably Cater. It's two teams. But Jeremy Stevens, that yeah. would be another one. You know, that would be a fun fight. Jeremy Stevens is tough as hell. Yeah, Shane Burgos, that would be a good stand-up fight. But Jeremy's had a problem with, he's, Jeremy's had a hard time with guys that are good kickers. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy's a good kicker himself, but he's been, what, he got dropped to the body. Was that with the punch? That was no, Jose Aldo. Aldo. Jose Aldo was yeah. a body punch, right? Wasn't a kick, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Jeremy Stevens fan, so I'm like, I love, I love watching him. Don't fight. be a homer. What are you talking? About? <laughs> I want to see that fight. I'm he saying I want to be a fight. This guy over here, stop stroking him. Come on, buddy. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, I would, I would have loved to have seen the Josh Emmett fight, Calvin Cater. That makes for a good fight. I don't know if Calvin's, if that's something that injures him. You know, what about Ryan Hall? Where the fuck is he? What's going on with him, man? I don't know. You What's know, he, going he on was, with him? He was scheduled to fight, and then it got it. It fell out, and still, that's a guy. When was the last time Ryan Hall fought? BJ Penn, right? Was it BJ Penn? Was the I last think it one? Was are you kidding me? That's crazy. Here's a guy that you look and you go, man, he should be fighting all the time. No, it was no, Darren, Darren Elkins. Last that year was July. last year. Last year in July. Okay, so over a year. He's 35 years old. Like, I know. It's just. You got to fight, man. You got to fight. Well, if, like, if you've had you know, a professional career that's under, you know, is in the single digits, you know, and you're 35 years of age, yeah. either you got to just say, hey, man, I got I to gotta fight, you know, everyone they throw in front of me as quick as I can. But yeah. it's. And he's, he's talented, man. I, I understand why guys don't want to fight him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like we were talking about, like guys like Saul Rogers, good wrestlers that can smash the space, can still beat him. You know, and that's all yep. you got to do. I think those are the guys that you need to. Um, he's gonna have to fight. He's gonna have to fight those guys. I mean, like, he. I think he would have a hard time with someone like Edson Barboza. Barboza, I think, just with the range and keeping the distance, and I don't know, just his stand up is not going to be able to take. Yeah, well, the real question for Ryan in that fight would be: Ryan's not going to get Edson Barboza down with a wrestling takedown. He's going to do an Imanari roll or something like that. He's going to shoot in with a, you know, into a pulling him into a half guard type situations yeah. and work from that situation. So if, if he got him down, he can definitely submit it. You can see uh, Yusuf also. I don't know how to say his yeah. first name. Sadiq. Sadiq. Sadiq Yusuf. Yeah, I see Yusuf. I can see. I mean, Danny, Danny Ige said, he's like, hey, we all rematch you since I lost the first one, even though he won. But he said he, I, he said he put it on his Twitter. It's like I'll rematch you. He's like since I lost the first one. I was like, well, that's pretty noble of you to say something like that, you know. Um, you have obviously, I think Calvin Guitar would be the Cater would be the best fight. Yeah, I think Cater okay. would be fun. That'd be fun because Cater's good in the stand. Yeah, is you know two different. But you're talking about a guy in Calvin. That's a boxer. Yeah. That's a guy who fights in that boxing range. So his natural style of crushing that's that kicking range 
he's going to take a lot of the kicks away from Edson, and that's what leads to Edson having more problems in yeah. some of his stand-up fights. So yeah. it, it'd be a fun one. 34, you got to make it fast track, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, if, you, if you took a look and think about it, Volkanovski being the champion, mm -hmm. all right, or you know, and you got Holloway up at the top there too, and then you've got Korean Zombie and you've got Brian Ortega who are obviously fighting next week. So you know, but Edson Barbosa matches up better with either Volkanovski and Max Holloway than I think he does with like the Korean Zombie yeah. or Brian Ortega. You know, the guys that can you know take him down, get him down, and work him on the ground are the guys that really have that chance of beating him. The other guy that'd be fun to watch is Yair Rodriguez. That would be yeah. a fun fight between the difference in their two styles of stand-up. That would be fun. And you, what, Yair's, he's rated, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, number like, five. Yeah. He's another guy, though. I, mean, I just, I have a, I don't, not a, I don't really care for him. You got a mental block on him. Yeah, I have a mental block on him. I have a, ever since he left the UFC and then went back with his tail between his legs, I kind of have a little weird feeling about him. <laughs> I, I just it, it bugs Call me a little bit. Young man, yeah, you know, don't don't. Like, I, I get it. You he, did dumb young, things. When, I you did, did dumb I did. things when you were a young man too. I did a lot of dumb things. <laughs> See, there you go. See. But no, it would make for a fun fight. Yeah, it would make for a really fun fight. What about? But honestly, don't about? don't you think Barbosa matches up better with Holloway or Volkanovski than he does with some oh, of the yes. other guys in forty five? So, yes. You know. Yes, I do. I think he does a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, let's not forget, like, you have Zabit, you've got Korean Zombie, you've got oh. Yarir, you've got... But I would like to see him take that next... What about Yusef first, and then maybe second, you have him fight, um, like, Cater or Yarir next after that. We'll see where it all lays, I think, probably in, by, at the end of January. You're right about Zabit would be fun, though. Zabit would be fun. That would be a good one. That would be a good fun. Either Zabit or Yair would be fun. I think they used to train together, though. Really? Because Zabit's at Mark Henry's, correct? Well, that's right. He's, He's at with Frank, yeah. That's true. That's so true. I think, I think, uh, I don't know. That might've been a reason why he left, you know, or another reason why it's like, Hey, if I'm going to go to 45, I can't be here training with you, you know? So, and cause Frankie was there as well. At 45, Frankie was 45. there at 45. Yeah. But I also think with Frank, look, it's different. It's different when you have guys that are legends in the sport and people that are young and up and coming, knowing that you're going to have to probably fight them. True. Everyone's going to be like UFC. And I think people from the camp are like, I'm not fighting Frankie. Like, there's just no way. You know, but if you're going to make me fight someone who I'm a teammate with and we're kind of both trying to get to that title shot, Frankie's already been there, done it. No one's really wanting to fight him, you know, except for who who uh, who won yesterday. Uh, what's it called? Corey, oh, Corey, Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen. Yeah, he was talking about potentially having that fight with Frankie. Eh, you know, if you're if you're Corey Sanhagen and you're not going to get that title fight, mm -hmm. you look and you go, well, what's going to what's going to work for me? What's going to make it to where it's a fight that I can actually get up for? mentally and say that's a fight this is this one interests me yeah and makes it to where you know i, I want to go train i want to do these things because he had the performance against aljamain it was you know did not turn out good aljamain did a great job getting him to the ground but if you look at you know who's in that division now i mean frankie i don't think is even rated he or he's down what, what's frankie somewhere down around nine ten if he is yeah he's five but five He's at five? Yeah, because he beat who'd he beat? He who'd he beat Pedro. Pedro, Pedro Munoz. Munoz. Yeah. So that's why. Well, okay. So if you're Corey Sanning, first off, legend status. Yeah. In Frankie Edgar, a person that matches up with you. Well, you might you might be underestimating Frankie's wrestling ability and his ability to take you off your feet. But you know, 
Sanhagen's good everywhere. For the most part, you know, he's good at getting himself back to his feet, especially. And he's going to present some problems lengthwise that other guys won't. But Frankie's used to that length factor because he fought at lightweight you know, and all that stuff. So I don't know. I think it's a good matchup. I don't blame him. Corey Sanhagen, I'm gonna do you. A, I'm gonna do you a solid here, buddy. You need to visit a tanning salon. Okay, let's help that marketability <laughs> just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. You're when you got freckles like that, don't go to the sanding. Bro, the just go to go to the tanning salon. Go on yeah. the mild one. Okay, like let's do something about. It. We got to give you a little bit more marketability, bro. You're a great fighter. He's absolutely phenomenal to watch. I thought the stuff he did last night. Once oh. he once he absorbed those first initial big shots from Marlon Marais. He realized, yeah. okay, I got this. I just got to start touching you, creating different angles, switching my stances, making you guess. He did everything right last night. He did everything yeah. right. Well, he did He did a really good job of, in the first couple, let's say the first minute, minute and a half, he was having a little bit of, you know, I don't want to say problems, but he was not getting the range right as far as how, what Marlon did to get himself inside and where he needed to move. And he took a couple of hard shots. He did. Yeah. But he figured that out. And once he figured it out, you saw Marlon missing by quite a distance and was having a hard time landing those shots. And Or if he was landing, it was at the end of, you know, there was he didn't have any extension through it, so it was right at the end of the shot and carried less power. And then you saw Sanhagen. He was creating beautiful angles and hitting him. He had Marlon guessing. Yep. And when you're guessing, you're you're losing. You're having a problem. Yeah, that's why you've got to go first. And he wasn't going first. He was kind of yeah. waiting for Sanhagen to go first. He, he was going first in the beginning. And after he got hit with a couple like push kicks, a couple calf kicks, he stopped going first. And that just changed. I don't know if his orbital is really broken, but you could tell it swelled directly underneath the eye. Um Marais. And so when you once they saw that they were they were yelling, hey, his orbital's broken. Hey, this and they were that was Corey Sanhagen saying it to his corner. Oh God, it got okay. So Corey I thought Sanhagen I thought it was his corner said, saying it to him. He hit him, he hit him to the right eye mm -hmm. and he goes, His orbital's broken. You know, because usually when an orbital breaks, not always, but usually it starts to get this little you'll see it right here in the corner, it just starts to swell up real fast. Yeah. Because there's actually air that gets into that space because the bone is cracked and now it's leaking through and it's starting to fill that space until that pressure reaches a certain amount. And so you, you do, you do understand it if you know what you're looking at and he pointed it out and you know, maybe he pointed it out to be psychological or whatever. But the one thing that it tells me is that Marlon right now is not seeing well out of that eye. Yeah. Cause you know, when you get hit and it breaks your orbital, your vision starts to go. It, Becomes blurry. Double, becomes blurry. Yep. Becomes double vision. Sometimes yep. you see three hit the one in the middle. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I believe, you know, he got hit by that, you know, spinning heel kick and you look and you go, I believe he didn't see it. Yeah. You know, that was the side that the kick came to. And if you don't see it and it hits you, cause he, he was set and he had his hand kind of in a position to start to just bring it to block and it never reached it. So, it skipped off his cat. It was like right around his Achilles, skipped off the head, you know, right across the top of the head. It was almost like the yeah. uh, what Mark Dude, Hunt and Mark uh, Hunt and Junior Dos Santos. Junior Dos Santos, yeah, it was very yeah. similar to that. But you I, get those, you get those shots where the the head gets just that little quick shock. Mm -hmm. and sometimes it just puts people out. Yeah, you know? oh, I agree. It doesn't take a lot. I'd like to break Dave's orbital. <laughs> 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 oh man, fun stuff. I love it. Fun stuff.
There was a good night of fights, I thought, actually. It was a good show from uh, Abu yeah. Dhabi. Yeah, I thought it was. Fight I, Island. The card was good. I thought uh, the fighters came out and performed really well. Um, let's, let's talk about one one last thing, uh, unless there's something else. But one last thing is I want to pat myself on the back. Uh, Mike Perry, you can thank me later, okay? Oh, I know we haven't dude, had a chance to talk about it. this, but it sounds like it sounds like there's a couple, there's a company, there's like a, I don't know if it's a porn website or something. Somebody, no, somebody from yeah. somebody from Reddit is looking to pay him ten or fifteen thousand to be in his corner, and I'm like, hey, whatever, whatever makes you money, brother. I mean, Darren Till came out and said I'll pay you five k. Other people have come out and said they'll pay him anywhere between five and ten. I, I, that was kind of my whole thing. Like, if you're gonna put someone in the corner, I mean, ten, ten to fifteen thousand is 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 a drop in the bucket for rich people that want to be in the corner. Yep, and think about I don't know where you're fighting or what the what, you know if you're gonna be at Yaz Island, I'm sorry but the price goes up. Oh hell yes, <laughs> the price goes up if you're if you're going to Vegas and and you're gonna be at the Apex. All right, cool. I'll take ten, fifteen. Okay, yeah, but twenty five thousand at least. Yeah, if I'm at Yaz Island, it's gonna be twenty to twenty five grand easily. Easily, you got to pay up, sucker. You're getting you're getting a, a flight there. You, everyone's talked about you know the hotel's extremely nice, the all the amenities that come with it, and you're gonna no way, nah. Pay up, baby. Pay up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want. When you said that, because we were talking about that after Mike Perry's fight that he had his girlfriend in his corner, and he, yeah. he actually fought really well. He did, and he got the win. And you said, "Look, yeah, I'm going to just tell you." And I, I sat there and said, "Josh, that's brilliant. You know, yeah. it's a great. You know, if you're going to do that, make money off of it." And uh, you, you, there's been a bunch of guys, you know, that you know listened to our podcast and said, "Hey, Josh came up with that." There's mm -hmm. guys that. You know, are in the media section. They're saying, "Man, Mike Perry, what a great you know <laughs> idea!" And you know, it's like you didn't get the idea. I got to give it to my man, Josh Thompson. He's the much. one that actually came up with it. I'm not even going to try to sit here and do what you would do and say, "Oh, it was me," because that's exactly if I had come up with it, you would say that you took you you were the reason that it came. You are 100 percent correct. I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I love about you. I would, but still you know what? It is a you know if. You're looking at this, and you're not going to have that corner person. Well, hey, make something off of it. Yeah, unfortunately, you know it's not going to last forever for him. Yeah, I know. but I do like the fact that Darren Till, you know, said he paid the five thousand, right? And said, so, and then then came out and said, and how much will people give me to throw the towel? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, oh, that's awesome, dude. That's great. Nice job, Darren. Hey, but you know, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I could see. Hey, why don't, why don't, if you have just your girlfriend, have two people. You know, because if you have one that's actually like a fighter, I would still take Darren Till. Darren Till would probably give you great advice in the corner. Oh, he probably would. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, I mean, just as long as I would, I'd make sure he didn't have a towel nearby Darren him. Darren Till though. doesn't like to lose. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> so, matter what. And if he's in your corner, he doesn't want to lose. You know, so I would, I would probably take Darren up on it for five grand because now you have someone that knows what the fuck fighting really is. And then you have your yeah, girlfriend. And he's paying you. And then, and then you have, yeah. And then you have that other third person or whatever that's paying a little bit more. Hey, the I think money. brilliant, man. Brilliant idea. Good job, Mike Perry. I'm glad you I'm glad you're you're a listener. I think it's awesome. I, I hope he does make money, at least enough to pay his taxes. And we can uh, you know, and we'll see him fight again. I think I think having somebody in your corner that has some fight experience would be beneficial, obviously. But uh if you're gonna take somebody up, whether it's a porn star or someone from Reddit or whatever it is, I mean, I think it's just I think it's another way to make some good money. Good job. I hope it works out for you, buddy. Uh anything else? Ali offered Tony Ferguson two hundred grand to fight Islam. That's right. That's right. So Ooh. he's. Uh, I mean, Dos Angeles pull had to pull out of the fight. He got COVID. Yep. And he was supposed to fight Islam Makhachev 
Too bad. Nobody you know, wants to fight Islam either, from what I'm I wonder saying. why. Yeah. I wonder why. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. That's what people know. They go, oh, no, that guy's good. I don't, yeah, I don't he's good. Um, you know, it's funny because the, the Tony fight would be an interesting fight. It would be. I mean, out of all the guys to fight Islam, I would Tony never. would be a hard matchup for him. It'd, it'd be a hard matchup for him. Which I'm surprised that Ali would want that fight exactly right now for Islam. Kind of surprised by it. No, I'm not. You want to know why? Because the, the, the plan was already laid out, and I, I've talked to Khabib a bunch of times. The idea is that this will be Khabib's last fight at 155 if he wins. And then he'll try to get the GSP fight, and then if he doesn't get it, he'll probably just retire. He's going to retire undefeated at what, 30 and 0? 29, 29. Yeah, 29 and 0. And he may come back for a money fight, which would be the GSP, but he'll, he'll, he'll go down in history as the GOAT as of right now. I mean, being 30 and 0. I don't know who else is going to beat him. He's undefeated. He's in the, in the toughest weight class ever. Justin Gaethje might be the guy. That yeah, he might him. beat him. Yeah, he might. I, okay. I believe he's got a chance. I'm not saying Justin doesn't have a chance. Oh, Justin's got a good chance. He's got a good chance, but I don't yeah. think he does it. I don't. I don't think. Look, I've gone back. I've gone back a couple times, and I know the years have passed. But you look at guys like Dustin Poirier, who didn't have success against Khabib either. You look at Eddie Alvarez. I mean, they, he didn't fight Khabib. But like this, I was gonna say they never fought. Yeah, they never fought. No, but I'm saying Eddie and and, and Gaethje fought. I think yeah. just stylistically, when you look at the guys that Eddie has fought as well, and I know MMA math doesn't add up, but Luis Formigo no. was it Formigo the Buscape, the one that fought uh, Justin in his last fight at the oh. World Series of Fighting, he took him down a That's couple true. times. And if you would say if yeah. that fight would have continued, you'd say that he would have he would have lost that fight. You know, what I mean, there was obviously there was what there was a round left. It was the end of the fifth, I think, or in the fifth. Yeah, that one might have gone to the fifth round. Pull up Justin Gaethje's uh, record. It, yeah, yeah, it was the doctor it was, uh, stopped it because Buscapi Formigo's, or Louis I was, Firmino. Yeah, Firmino. Buscapi. I just always recall him being called well, Firmigo. There's a lot of fights that had happened in between there, but see, he's beaten uh beat him twice. One, it was in the third. No, it was in the second. No, it was in the. It was in the end of. It was uh, end of third doctor stoppage. Oh, was it only uh Firmino? Yeah. Oh, was it the cop? Was was it a cut? Okay. Doctor Stoppage was that one. Yeah, was that, that was a five a round fight? That was a five round. It was a championship fight. Interesting. Got it. Got it. Yes. Got it. I thought it went longer. You can see it was that. after the third round. That's why you see uh, uh third round right. five okay. minutes. So after the so between the third and the fourth round is when the doctor came in and stopped it. That was in New York. Yep. You know, New Year's when, Eve. Uh, they're kind of uh, very but, squeamish on cuts and everything. But for me, go for me, no was. Uh, he was doing he well. Dominated. He was dominating the fight. I had him winning the fight all three rounds. Uh, he had got hit with some big, sh a couple big shots, and his eye had swelled up. And he said he could see, but he couldn't see. I'm sure he couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he was able to take him down. He was able to take Gaethje down a couple times, and was able to control the position as well. I'm not saying. I know there's been years that have passed since then, and these guys have grown a lot. Both of them have grown a lot since then. Um. But we've seen time and time again people thinking they can stop Khabib's takedowns and they can't, you know. And I've seen guys that are multiple-time national champions, NC2As, not be able to sniff a takedown, not be able to stop well, a takedown. The thing, the thing to think about is this: and you're a homer, okay? I am. And yeah, I am. that's okay. That's okay. I don't blame. I you. know it's okay. Daniel Cormier, <laughs> Daniel Cormier is a homer too. Yes, but you have to at least respect the knowledge that you possess and that Daniel Cormier possesses when it comes to training with a guy because 
Cormier has got a big ego. All right, he's you know he nah. believes in himself. Okay, he does, he does and, believe in and, himself, and and that's good. That's the way, that's how you're supposed to be. I'm not saying that in a bad way. That's a good thing. He's got a big ego, and he's not going to say that he has problems with guys. And I've heard Daniel talk about Khabib and training with him and say, "Hey, let me tell you something. I'm a freaking you know, at the time it was light heavy, you know, and I'm a heavyweight." He goes, "He could take me down. I have a hard time yeah. taking him down." And you know. You're talking about an Olympic level wrestler there, a guy that, you know, he's not going to just say that that guy is difficult just to say it. He's going to only say it when that guy is someone that he respects and knows this guy's at a different level. And he will tell you, you know, if he's on top of me, I have a hard time getting up. Yeah. He's that he creates that much pressure. And the one I talk about it all the time, you know, this is, years ago you know back when i started in jujitsu hicks and gracie created a pressure that i have never felt from anybody now i will say there are other guys that i you know i have you know rolled with and done way stronger things like that no one was able to create that pressure that hicks and gracie was able to create so there are those guys that they just know how to do something they have this ability that they, they might not even be able to teach because, you know, Hickson's always teaching about these little tiny differences in one quarter inch this way, hip here. Khabib has that. It's natural. Mm-hmm. It's part of who he is from all the years of wrestling and training that he's done. It just, he naturally is able to create pressures that other guys can't. So you cannot find anybody to mimic what he does when he's on top of you. And, and I've said for years, you know, if I was training a fighter like Justin Gaethje to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov, I would have him training, grappling with light heavyweights and heavyweights. I want guys that have, they're strong and have a lot of weight that create a ton of pressure. So he's used to that pressure. Yeah, I wouldn't go that heavy, but I'd probably say like at least 85 pounders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's just a different, and you just said everything that I I probably was gonna say is, I'm not here to stroke Khabib's ego. What I'm here to do is tell you guys exactly. <laughs> you I'm here to tell you guys how good he is. You know, and the same thing goes. And we started this conversation was about Islam Akhachev and the Tony Ferguson uh, offer from uh, Ali of uh, the two hundred thousand. I my thought process is that Islam it will can can fight him. It's a great fight. I would love to see that fight happen. The fact that it's on short notice is isn't fair to, to Tony, but he's gonna get paid. I would imagine if he did take the fight, he'd get paid handsomely from both sides, from Ali and from and from uh, the UFC. But with the, going back to the the Khabib issue with with Justin, he lost takedowns to a jiu-jitsu guy, and he had, at mo- moments in that fight, he had a hard time getting up. Sure, he ended up getting the win because of the the eye swelling, and I've seen him fight several times other guys haven't been able to sniff takedowns on on Gaethje you know um but they also not don't have the same pedigree that he has that Khabib has it just comes down to it's not always here's the thing is that it's not about always the double leg it goes single leg to double leg double leg to single leg but the other thing is well there's a lot of little tricks inside that clinch against the fence where he grabs the glove with his armpit and he locks it down so you can't get your wrist back He'll hip toss you. He'll pull you away from the fence, foot sweep you. There's little things that help break your balance that make this a different type of wrestling ability. It's not the traditional 
just sure you've seen a lot of the traditional double leg lift slam but it's not that all the time it's all the other little things that he does that set up that double leg takedown and that set up him making the transition to the single to the double back to the lift it's all those little foot sweeps all the little kick the knees out it's all the use your knee to to break behind your knee it's lifting the underhook higher to try and get you higher so I can try to knee tap you or I can try to lock your wrist down with your glove down and then take you down that way. He'll body lock you and pull you away and just twist you right down to your back. There's so many different variations, but it's a matter of him chaining it together. And for the common casual fan at home, they don't even realize what they're seeing. They don't, they don't understand yeah. the transition that are happening. And it goes one, two, and three sometimes versus you know where he, people just think he goes in there and lifts because he's so strong. He is strong. But it's the other things that happen before that, the technique that happens technique. before that, that gets them there. And everyone sat here and I sat there on um, Brennan Schaub's podcast and he said, if Khabib doesn't take down Conor McGregor, he's going to get knocked out. Well, who did the drop in in that fight? And when somebody <laughs> is so afraid of the takedown, okay, they're, they're worried about getting their hands down fast enough to defend the takedown. That opens up the, the, the standup. Khabib will do the same thing with Justin. Justin's going to want to make it a standup fight. But Justin's going to have to stop the takedown. Khabib will threaten the stand-up as long as he can threaten the takedowns. And the two of them work together. When someone is as good as Khabib is at wrestling, it will open up the stand-up. And we saw that with Connor. We've seen that with other guys as well. It's going to happen. I'm just telling you well, guys it's going to happen. The, the other thing you need to think about. First off, this fight's only two weeks away, Josh. I know. Two I weeks, know. baby. I know. Cannot wait. I'm excited and to see what the, what the betting lines are on it. Yeah. So my bookie will have the betting lines as well. So when that comes out, Absolutely. I can't wait to see that. So um, when you look at the the one thing that people are not thinking, this is this is the same reason that Firmino was able to get Justin Gaethje down. I don't care how good of a wrestler you are. I don't care how good your background is in that area. When you're trying to throw punches, you are not in a position to defend that takedown. The person times that entry at the right time, you are completely out of position because you're coming towards them. You're up, you're off balance, and it makes it easy. So for Justin to be successful in the fight, he's got to throw punches, which only leads towards the opening for Khabib to do what he doesn't. And he doesn't, he doesn't mince any words. He tells you exactly what his game plan is. Mm -hmm. It's like simple. I'm going to take you down and I'm going to smash you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, Justin knows what's coming his way. Yeah. You know, Khabib knows what's coming his, and Justin knows. But Justin has got to take those moments. He's got to open up in the stand-up. The kicks have got to be there. If he doesn't kick, if he decides, I'm going to change what I do and not kick to try to take away the ability for a takedown, it's going to change his style. It's not going to be effective for him, in my opinion. He's got to be who he is. He's just got to be timing things correctly. And to be successful, but you know, every time he throws, it's an opportunity for someone to get in on it. Yeah, I'm excited for this fight. This is probably the one that I've marked on my calendar the longest to watch. So, <laughs> um, all right, well, well, I'm, I'm, we talked about a lot today. So, uh, but let's go back over a couple little things. Go to mybookie.com, create a profile, you guys. On Wednesday, I think Wednesday we're going to do a show that's going to cover. We're going to do a show talk about the upcoming Bellator show with Chris Cyborg. The champion featherweight championship fight coming up. That should be a good one. 
Yep, so that fight, as well as we're going to have the betting odds available for um, the UFC next weekend as well. So we'll have Chris Cyborg's fight betting odds as well, and then we'll have the UFC betting lines as well. Also, when you guys go there, create an account, use Weighing In as your promo code. That'll give you a double on your deposit. So whatever you put in, you'll get you'll get double that on your deposit. So you'll make, if you put in 100, you'll make 200. So they, they're giving you money to gamble. The other thing as well is that we are going to be able, you guys can be able to gamble on us on the odds of what fights we pick and who's going to win and guessing the most fights. So we're going to probably pick a couple fights and we'll, we'll gamble our own money as well against each other. And uh, you guys go there and check it out, get your account set up. So when we do our show on Wednesday, you guys Three fights actually, per show? What are we doing? Uh, we'll see. I want to take a look at the odds first. The odds should come okay. out either tonight or tomorrow. And I'll You're going to end up saying one fight per show. No, I want to... No, Coward! No, no, no. no. <laughs> I would never do that. No, I just... I want to see what the odds are. If somebody is so favored that it's one of those, like, I just got to bet on that fight. You know? And, uh, I mean, it just comes down to that. Like, when fights are... If, if someone comes into a three-to-one favorite, I'm like, ah, that fight's well, a you lot got, closer you, than you you've think. Got, you've got $500 to gamble with. Yes, I do. In, yes. So... Yes, yes. Right. You put in 500, I put in 500, and then you guys can actually go to, it says, to, to bet on John and I, so go to your account, create the, your account, click on the MMA tab, and then the MMA specials. We're in the MMA specials area, so you can bet on us in that area. All right, so go there, create that account, use the promo code weighing in, and so you can get your double your money, and then that'll be wonderful, guys. We will see you guys on Wednesday. 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 Have a good one.